everyone! Welcome to Frame Trap, the most tax-deductible podcast on the internet. Uh, once again, I'm super excited about this panel because we have the very first appearance of Michael Damiani. Oh! Get hype. In the middle, taking center stage, we've got unofficial co-host Michael Huber. <laughs> Hello. And Brandon Jones, once again, showing up, second appearance, nice enough to let us use his place. At my house. At his house. I've actually never sat here before for a podcast. This is interesting. How does it feel? I'm getting guest number one perspective. Yeah. It's weird. It's like sitting in the passenger seat when you haven't driven for, you haven't been in the passenger seat for a while. (laughs) You're you're AC right now. That's a a good place to be. I don't know if that's actually a thing. Uh, And Sophie's here as well. I don't know if you can see her. I'm Ben Moore, the host of this show. Uh, Michael Damiani, I don't know if you're familiar with this or not. But how I like to start this podcast is we open with, what have you been playing? And so this is his first time on the show for you, I want you to open up. Hmm. When is this getting posted, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> this gets posted on Mondays. Okay, so... Around five or six. So I can't say one game I've been playing because I would give away the game that's being on GameSleuth. So, oh, okay. So I've been playing a game for GameSleuth this past week. Uh, before, before we get any farther, tell us a little bit about what GameSleuth is. So GameSleuth is my new show, which is... We're call- I'm calling it the spiritual successor to Pop Fiction. So if you liked the show that was about video game myths, mysteries, Easter eggs, and glitches, we're going to cover all that stuff in there. And uh, yeah, it's pretty. It's kind of similar style, but it's not just about game myths. Though, you know, kind of want to stick to that as much as possible. Cool. Um, but let's see. What else have I actually been playing? Um, what was... Oh... The other day we were playing, uh, not Overwatch. Uh, oh, I that, wish you were playing Overwatch. No, I'm not. So, okay. I, I've been telling everyone this. Everyone's like, why are, uh, let's say this. Why have I not been playing Overwatch? I tell people, like, I'm one, I have the most difficult time getting into first person games, especially first person shooters, just because they're faster paced games. And I'll admit, like, I'm not, the faster you speed up the gameplay, the worse I generally am at performing at them. And then, the competitive or even co-op environment, I feel like I'm just, it's too hard for me to adjust to that. Like I was watching Huber play today for the first, like up close, you know, and I assume Huber's pretty decent at the game. And I was just like, man, and so I, I can't even tell. I can't even tell if you're good or bad at the game. <laughs> That's how like not attuned I am to that. Does it does it stress you out when you're when you're playing a game like that? It's just because it's mouse. It's a combination of mouse and keyboard controls. I'm sure. You, can you even use a controller in Overwatch? Yeah, you can. But people be like, oh, you should not use a controller in Overwatch because you'll get obliterated. Well, there's there's the console versions where that's your only option. Okay. So. Um, I it's just the speed. Like the competitive games I played that I've like liked, I was telling Huber, um, the PvP in fourteen works for me because it is much slower paced. Like mm-hmm. it's it's baby mode compared to something like that. But I'm fine with that because I can enjoy it. Um I've just never really got into the first person shooters in general. I've played a few of them just because I felt like it's kind of an obligation. You need to play, like, I had to play Modern Warfare. Like, everyone's played Modern Warfare. I have to play Modern Warfare. I feel at some point, if Overwatch keeps getting bigger and is sustainable for the long run, there's going to be part of me, like, I got to play Overwatch at some point. I just got to play it to know about it so I can be informed to talk about it. But it's just, I've tried enough first-person games, especially first-person shooters, that I know my preferences, and I just don't tend to gravitate and enjoy those types of games. Uh, speaking of obligations, out of curiosity, have you ever played Half-Life 2? Uh, yes. Okay. I have that on my Steam account. I have, like, Excellent. all the Half-Life stuff on there. Excellent. I replayed Half-Life 1, uh, 
two years ago, actually, like right at the end of my time at the Fi, actually, I was replaying it. And I was getting really annoyed at this one part. You have to jump over a bridge using the the, the crouch roll jump thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> and on a keyboard. I just said to myself, why can't I do a controller for this? Like, yeah. These key binding. I was just like, seriously, what ever happened to that? Like, crouch the jump yeah. crouch? It was just like, wow. It was so ridiculous. That was a thing. It was a, a thing. Time. Yes. It it's, was it's, a thing. Sometimes yeah. in modern games, I do it still to like, get it. <laughs> it's it's uh. crazy playing games for a couple of decades and you see the cycles of design decisions and you just, you get a lot of something at once and then you never see it again. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. But besides feeling bad or not wanting to play Overwatch for personal reasons, what what have you been digging into? Um, let's see. I, I know I showed I showed you some fourteen stuff last night. Yeah, it was really awesome. I was surprised to see your reaction. I, I was really surprised that you hadn't seen some of that stuff yet. So showed uh, Ben some of the new stuff in fourteen. Um, that did the update. Stuff? There's an update coming next week. So okay. it was the last, the most recent patch update. What, I was, they, what did they add? So I showed, uh, uh, this was actually added a little bit before, but I showed him the Lord of Verminion, which is a play on the wor- the game Lord of Vermilion, which is an arcade card-based like, minion game where you ran around zones and fought each other with like the minions you got from your cards. Cool. And they made a version of that using your in-game minions that you can then summon to fight in this... It was, it was more like an RTS, really. There, there was Wait, real... that's in 14 now? Yeah. You fight with your minions? Yes. It's like PV, yeah. it's PvP. I love that stuff! So I Ben's thoughts, I want, to, I want to know Ben's, Ben's thoughts. Well, so there, you've done pet battles in WoW. Yeah. And the thing about pet battles in WoW is they're they're kind of novel for a while, but there's there's not really all that much depth to them. It's it's just kind of like a little bit of distraction. This was like a game within a game. Oh like there are, there are these specifically designed challenges. You have boss fights. Uh, you have to think about because you can you have three lanes. You can bring in minions from each of the three lanes, and so you have to think about your composition and stuff like that. And I was like, "Holy cow! This is this is what I love about MMOs. You could just spend you know an entire day doing yeah. this stuff, and I think it would really excite you." Oh my god, sure. that's like my favorite part of Dragon Quest. And then because when you like get your monster crew, yeah. and because like, like you fight, and then can you like summon in the monsters, or is it a separate thing? So how it works is you you pick from you have a you have to set a hot bar of uh, minions. You can't use even you have too many minions. You can't use them all. You have like I think the caps like around twenty something, and each there's like basically three classes. There's a rock paper scissors system between the the base types, yeah. but then each have its secondary attributes. Like some work faster, some can take more damage, some do more DPS. It's, it's very basic, yeah. and then they have each have unique limit break attacks that they charge up, and you can use them. And you deploy them in the lanes, and they each cost a currency amount. And you have, uh, think of it like a stamina bar. And if you try and summon too many, it'll max out. It won't let you summon any more active ones. But you can queue up more in each lane so that if you know they're going to die, you have the reinforcements coming in at the right time. Can you summon a boss? Can you have a boss on your team? No, but in the challenge mode, you fight bosses that are based on the raid instances. I showed Ben one last night. Where there are AOE circles that appear in the in the field, and you have to break up into teams and send some to stand in them to mitigate the damage, while your main force has to oh dodge the one that will wipe them. And after it hits a certain percent, it, it summons two minions to come in, like two ads essentially, yeah. and you got to deal with them as well. 
and it's just it's and it's playing the music. It's it's ripping off the fight. It's very cute what they did. They have a they have a Gilgamesh one like a battle on the bridge. Yeah. They have a the Odin one where like when he hits ten percent, he charges up Zenketsu. So you gotta like burn him down before he one shots everything and wins. Even if you have time left on the match, if he gets that that cast bar done, you're dead. You lose. So- there was, there was a fight last night that I, I haven't done in 14 that's relatively new called Sephiroth, and Sh- uh, Damien showed it to me last night. And first of all, just the, the basic design of the boss, I was like, if Michael Huber would design a Final Fantasy anime, it would look like this. Because it's this giant purple dude with bulging muscles that just, like, slams you with the earth. And it, it's it's pretty cool. But that's just part one. Uh, and Damiani was nice enough to show me part two where you, you, you kick him into a giant chasm and he just falls backward and then about five seconds later he's this giant and you just he's so big that you just see the top half of his torso and you're fighting a version of him that's a hundred times bigger and he's just slamming you with his fist and I was like ah doing this with Huber would be pretty awesome no it really is it's like that the hand comes up first and it's like it's so bad oh man that seemed pretty right. Uh, got me hyped. Uh, besides, this. sorry. Uh, besides fourteen, has there have there been any other? <laughs> wow, I'm not playing Final Fantasy Seven so right now. What? Is oh, that your yeah. phone, Dummy? Yeah, I thought I turned it off. That's amazing. I'm actually chills. totally okay. That gives that me chills. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry, I really thought I turned this off. No, it's all right. We're, we're very diverse in our gameplay styles here on Frame Trap. Um, <laughs> what do you mean by that? Sorry, one second. We're just, yeah. we're just talking about one RPG and then in Final Fantasy and then in Final Fantasy Ringtone. Oh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, we do. Sometimes there are things that all of us share. Um, so besides that, uh, uh, Final Fantasy X HD um, mm, on Steam, because it, it came out on Steam HD uh, at 10, 10 to HD remaster. Uh, I was kind of hoping people would have crazy mods for it to do weird things. What, I, what would be the... Damiani mod of choice. Well, first of all, I'd, I'd love it if they replaced Titus with lightning. Okay. So, I could just go through Tenna's lightning. Um, just, you know, a troll playthrough like that. Uh-huh. But, you know, doing crazy stuff like adding character models from other games. So, you know, maybe, you know, the boss battle with, like, Sin. You replace it with, I don't know, who's a good, like, Ganon. Just replace a Ganon. Just put a Ganon model in there or something. Wait, how about if you put lightning put, in, put, and then anytime Tidus talks, he's like, Hey, goddess! No. Like, when you, like, dub it in. No. You know, just, like, make the care like, make Tidus Hatsune Miku. You know, just looks sure. completely stupid and out of... Like, what was the game? The Skyrim, they did that. They made uh, Hatsune Miku. They've done a lot of things. Yes. <laughs> I saw a playthrough where someone was literally the Hatsune Miku yeah. character model going through. And I was like, yeah. Did you see <laughs> the, uh, the Macho Man Randy Savage dragon? No. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. That what? Was... Yeah. So, somebody... <laughs> Made Macho Man Randy Savage, and they like contorted him into the shape of a dragon. And in the opening cinematic of Skyrim, a giant dragon comes in and crashes down. They but the best is like before yeah. before he comes in because you hear they hear the dragon like wait what because they're about to execute you in the beginning of Skyrim, and then like they're like do you hear that? And it's just like I'm coming for you. And they're like what's? <laughs> <laughs> you hear like really echoing in the background like what is that? So good. Okay. Uh, how is the port of Ten to PC? Because so... they've had a questionable history. Um, it, it, it's it's pretty good quality. The the uh, rearranged music, uh, the the aesthetic of it, um, that's up for debate. Uh, a l- 
I noticed during the chat, everyone was demanding I change it back to the original music. And there was a part I got to finally, the song sounded so different from what I remembered. I just said, no, this is not good. You changed it way too. I can't even recognize the song anymore. This is not right. And I went back to the original version and it sounded much better. And I just said to myself, dang, like this is the first time I can remember where the recomposed soundtrack sounds noticeably worse or my i don't personally prefer it over the og version out, out of all the things i would change in final Fantasy 10 if i had to do a new version of it the music wouldn't be like the uh, sound, that soundtrack is is one of the best yeah ones. like i get that technically even with ps2 they weren't using technically real instrument samples it was still synthesized but very good quality oh, it sounds amazing because back it's in the day that used to be a huge argument nintendo fans would be like Everyone told Nintendo fans, man, you're stuck with like midi quality music, which wasn't even technically right. That's why your things sound like crap. That's mm-hmm. why, like, even as good as Zelda music is, it's like beeps and boops and stuff. Whereas, look at this orchestral sounding Metal Gear music. That's amazing. Where is that in your Zelda game? It's now the truth comes out that a lot of those games were, oh, you know, the sound quality we have now on our consoles version of games are much better than even 10 years ago. And even 10 years ago, we thought, man, this is like CD quality. Like, this stuff that you'd listen to your car and stuff, so good. You know, not, not to be old man, cynical, jaded gamer Ben, but I miss when gaming arguments were like that. Like, MIDI versus orchestral, <laughs> yeah. or like cartridge versus CD. Mm-hmm. Just, like, in retrospect, these really simple sort of binary arguments where now it's like, well, how shitty are your microtransactions kind yeah. of thing. Oh. I, just, I feel oh. like... The, the arguments have gotten a lot more complex and a lot more, I don't know, they, they feel a little bit more insidious. I will finish by saying, uh, back on the mod topic, the one thing I was hoping to see uh, was them unlocking it to 60 frames because it's it's still only 30 frames. But I don't know if any of you read up on the, the information that the modders have put out there. The game actually runs into serious issues because it, it was literally designed around being 30 frames a second. Because there are audio issues that don't, the audio doesn't longer syncs up correctly, and animation issues that the game looks janky as hell when you make it 60 frames. Uh-huh. Like the audio has a lot of problems when you try and do it. Uh, there's a video out there you can look where they said it's going to take months to rework the game to work oh. at 60 frames. So I'm looking forward to seeing the finished product that they get yeah. to that point to see how what it looks like. But it's kind of unique that everyone's like, oh, 60 frames, the excuse you can't do it is BS. But. The game was designed from ground up to be 30 frames, and they designed, you know, integral parts of it around it. It seems that speeding it up screws things up in the game, literally. So that was kind of interesting to see an example of that for once. Moving on down the couch, Michael Huber, what what TV shows are you going to regale us with today? <laughs> uh, no, I've actually been playing some games. What have you been playing, man? Uh, I finally finished Shadow Warrior. <laughs> Went back to that. Dude, tell me about Shadow Warrior. Shadow Get me War- hyped on Shadow Warrior. Shadow Warrior is an awesome game it it wears out its welcome it's a little too long but how does it wear out its welcome like just beyond just being long the game doesn't change enough like from the opening minute till the end minute it stays relatively the same you get a few new weapons along the way a few new powers but it never changes enough from the just like hacking and slashing how how long was that initial playthrough for you pretty long it was like 13 hours or something okay yeah which is long for a game like that when you're just constantly hacking up demons uh, but, ha- uh sorry i know I, I, I really enjoyed it uh because of the aesthetic the japanese aesthetic is so cool like all those levels you go through like cool mountains and caves and japanese cities and 
this huge like mountain fortress and the snow and these alternate dimensions like the game gets pretty pretty crazy uh having just played a game recently that's that's kind of in a similar style the new doom Mm -hmm. uh you know what i loved about that is like the levels were complex enough where you could go around and find things and there was a little bit more to do than just running around and shooting yeah do you feel like that's present in Shadow Warrior, or kind of like what you're saying, it's a little bit too basic for too long? It's not as good as Doom, because Doom, everything you pick up is so meaningful. Uh, I was surprised by how great the secrets were in Shadow Warrior. I was like, oh man, this is awesome. Like you, If you go off the beaten path, you can go like down into a waterfall and down in this crazy hidden cave that's optional. And just, you, it, it runs into like the... Uh, the Skyrim fallout effect though, where you're just like constantly opening up chests and it's like, here's 10 coins. I hate, I here's hate seven that. coins. Don't, you need they, like yeah. 5,000 coins to upgrade something. And you're more than halfway through the game. And it's like, here's four coins. It's like, why, why just have me find one big payday instead of like a hundred yeah. little ones scattered throughout. That sounds annoying. Yeah. 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 It, it was, yeah. So the little that I've played of Shadow Warrior, I know I know it's got some some tude to it, some grindhouse kind of flavor. Yeah. Uh, how did that stuff play for you? Wang is not the most likable character, but I grew up with a giant Duke Nukem poster in my bedroom on my wall. Was it I, above your bed? Right above my bed. Duke Nukem on just a mound of bullets shooting. <laughs> I know that. Uh, and, and played Shadow Warrior as a kid. Loved the game. Uh, one of my favorite things is when you boot up the game for the first time, uh, you're watching a playthrough of the first level of the original game. That's really cool. Uh, just as it's like installing and loading That's up. That's cool. And, uh, you know, it just it, it gave me nostalgia. I think it was not on par with, with Wolfenstein and Doom coming back, but a hell of a lot better than uh, Duke Nukem Forever. So, a common game. And 2 is coming out, Shadow Warrior 2, so that's why I was like, man, I gotta finish Shadow Warrior 1, gotta get caught up. Shadow Warrior 2, I saw it last year at E3, and it was a demo that I was, like, I didn't have any expectations going in. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of like an appointment that I was going to check it out, report back. It really, really, really impressed me. Uh, From what I understood of the the first game, it seemed like just such a huge step up. Mm -hmm. They're like, the way you cut enemies is so much more important in the sequel. The yes. levels are bigger. They have randomized elements to make it fun to replay. Oh, man. And just, like, we're changing the loot system. And yeah. it just seemed really, really we ambitious. Go. So awesome. I want to see more cool. Shadow Warrior 2. Yeah, the guns were definitely a weak point. It's... I never wanted to use them. Sometimes you needed to because of, like, ranged enemies. But the mm. sword is where it's at. And it, cool. was, it was fun throughout the entire game, just hacking them up. So... Uh, besides Shadow Warrior, have you been poking on anything else? Couple things. Been playing, Ben. Been I like playing some this. games. Shadow of the Beast. Sh- oh yeah, yeah. Been okay, playing yeah. Shadow of the Beast. So I don't know anything about Shadow of the Beast, and for the, the people that don't know, give us a quick summary. So in 1989, the original came out, and I was a little too young. I guess I missed that one. I had never played Shadow of the Beast, but uh, it's cool. You can unlock the original game in this. So I like was fiddling around. Just a testament to old games being harder and more confusing. Opening minutes, you go in a well and climb down a ladder. Couldn't get off the ladder. It's like, how do I get off? Pressed every button on this controller. I was like, I cannot progress. 
I can't you, hug it off. You have to like touch the ground to get off of it or yeah, something. Yeah, I was like down, <laughs> jump off. Like, how did you end up doing it? No, and then you can unlock a playthrough. So I just like like you can you can buy like the original game, the soundtrack, or like watch a full playthrough of the entire game. Right. So I was like, whatever, dude. I was like, watch a little bit because then I wanted to get back to like the, the new game. Did you ever get off the ladder though? I haven't gone back. No. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Still <laughs> don't know. Please please let me know how to get off the ladder. But it was cool. It's like D and D presentation. Mm-hmm. It's like you come up to a well. The air is musty and oh, I thick. Love I love that. Shit. You descend. Yeah, it's like that's the cutscene, you know, with like slow, mm-hmm. slow scrolling text. It's like you descend down the well, and then like you know you're going down. But uh, the new one, <laughs> you stay on the ladder yeah, for five st- days. Yeah, you do not know how. Uh, but the game, you know, it's it's cool. It's very bloody and. Just what I love is that you have no idea what the hell's going on. It opens and you're just being like whipped by this creature. And like you're going in and you're just massacring everyone. And this guy has control of you. And he's like, go, go. Like <laughs> you go in, like they take a, they steal a baby. You like kill this guy. And then you break your bond. Apparently, like you killed your dad. It's not a spoiler. It's the first like two minutes of the game. Uh, and then, like, you're hunting the 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 guy that was, like, whipping you, you know, for, like, the next couple levels. And that's, like, where I am. You're, you're hunting him down. Uh, and to understand what people are saying, you have to unlock the languages. That sounds cool. With okay. currency. So someone will be talking to you, and it'll just be, like, this weird text on the screen. And then you have to, like, unlock it if you want. Or you can unlock skills to make yourself stronger. Um, and it's just, like, a, uh, like a beat-em-up. Like, it'll... When, and for each encounter, you know... Uh, portals will come up like don't make cry salad yeah. it'll lock you in the encounter and then it's just like Got yeah it. yeah so it's the, the combat is okay it's engaging it's not great um but it's like you know the enemies will come at you from the sides and you have to like attack and attack and it got really hard like it was super easy in the first couple levels and then all of a sudden it was like whoa this is this is kind of hard all of a sudden i gotta have to like roll and block and use different attacks i have to like stun these people but roll past them, and then people are coming at you from both sides. Like, there's a lot of complex timing. So, uh, tying it together really quick, you, you just made me think of something. Mm-hmm. Both of you, uh, Hubert and Damiani, one of my, not one of my favorite things, I guess, but what, the thing I like in Final Fantasy X mm-hmm. is uh, the Albed language. You have to. Yeah, that's what I was, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking yeah. about that. Uh, yep. Slowly, you learn bits and pieces of that language, and then you can understand more of the saying. Then you mm-hmm. get more context in the world, yeah. and it just—you just made me realize, like, I don't think video games have done enough with language. Mm-hmm. Like, just the interactive nature of that. I think there's more sort of mechanics that you could do with that that I'd like to see. It's something right yeah. as the Tomb Raider did a little bit, where yeah. you would be analyzing ruins, and it's like, okay, now you know more Greek or, or something like that. But I think it could be. Yeah. yeah. So the the platforming and the action could be better, but the presentation is really great. It's like God of War, huge pan outs, you know, huge Love large huge scale, and uh, you know some crazy creature will come up to you and talk to you, and you won't know what they say, <laughs> and then you'll like beat the level and you'll look into the lore about it, and they'll have this huge lore about like who that was, and it's cool. I swear to God, Huber. You could get me to play anything. Like, <laughs> anything. You could be like, hey, check out Venetian Blinds, man. Like, ahead of its time. Uh, it's What I like about you, 
And I, you and Kyle both kind of do this, where you'll just go on the PSN store and you're like, mm-hmm. this looks cool, let's give it a shot. They're so... Or like, Shadow Warrior 2 is coming out, I am <sighs> obligated to play Shadow Warrior. <laughs> yeah. Four-player like, co-op. Yeah. Seriously, let's play. All of us. <laughs> it's four-player co-op, the new one. So. Hubert, I, I think I'm legitimately going to check out Shadow of the Beast now. Cool, it, I think you'll like it, man. Yeah. Seriously. It sounds, yeah. it sounds up my alley. I think uh, you'll take it. Anything else? Rounding it out. Um, so you've been playing a lot. You've been playing. Yeah, uh, a little bit of Overwatch here and there. Um, Hitman, we streamed. I've been playing a bunch of Hitman. Um, really impressed with Hitman. And Uncharted 4 multiplayer. I'm still playing more than Overwatch for some reason. I'm just into it. You're attached. I yeah. think it's the the ranked mode. Mm. Overwatch, I feel like I'm kind of spinning, spinning my wheels. Like kind of going in circles. Not progressing. Yeah. Um, and ranked and uncharted, it's like I'm constantly, you know, moving forward, trying to trying to rank up. And I have a question for you about those two games. Mm-hmm. Something that I'm getting frustrated with with Overwatch, it's actually making me play it less. Is like I don't have time to like get a group together with Overwatch every single time I play it. Like mm-hmm. just I have little pockets of time here and there where I can hop in by myself and just play. Mm-hmm. And it's getting more and more frustrating to play with random people because <laughs> Overwatch is yeah. a team game. Yeah. You're supposed to play with a team. You're mm-hmm. not having very much fun if your team isn't doing what they're yeah. supposed to be doing. Definitely. And like, I don't even need it to be like, try hard, let's win all the time, BM Ben. I just, I just want to play the game approximately how it's supposed to yeah. be played. And I feel like in Uncharted, you can just kind of hop in... And have fun and and get more of a sense of yeah. like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be. Hundred percent. There's a lot of teamwork in Uncharted. Uh, the community is really friendly. I've had no trolling. I've played so much. There's no animosity. Uh, I kept telling Brad, I'm like, yo, man, just the Un- Uncharted Four right now. It's like my safe place. I just go to like hang out in there. So, and then I for oh my god, I'm sorry, I'm hugging all the time. No, nope. I have one more, the big one. Frame trap. There is. I'm sorry. Uh-oh. The biggest exists here. Blood and wine. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Blood and wine. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Woo! You, you really excited me and you really depressed me. No. I don't have any time. I know. <laughs> oh my god, it is incredible. Hearts of Stone. So when Hearts of Stone, the first Witcher three expansion came out, that was game trailer's game of the year was was Bloodborne. And when Hearts of Stone came out, it made me doubt Bloodborne because of how great that expansion was. It was like better than the main game and now blood and wine is doing that all over again it's like wow they just keep making that game so much better uh just the vibe like uh, i don't want to spoil anything i'm sorry it's so good though it's so good in a general sense is it do you do you feel like this is more hearts of stone or is there is, is there a totally different vibe totally different spin on this expansion totally different spin it's given me like nostalgia it's given me a dark souls vibe you gotta. Uh, I, I know ca- we we're trying to get away from spoilers, uh, but you gotta explain these vibes. There, you like meet these two characters in the very beginning. That's how it opens. Like to to get to the expansion, you go to a notice board, and it's like, "Yo, um, we need Geralt of Rivia. We need him. There's like a there's a problem in our in our in our country, Toussaint. Like, we, please come." And then you go and you meet these two guys who Geralt has a history with, and. I don't know if I'm the only one that got this vibe, but it is Solar. It is like Sunbro clad in armor. We are going to defend the free people. Like, we are going to kill all the bandits. 
like for for honor for protection is there a jolliness to it so jolly because the bandits come and he's like he's like go away bandits like these people (laughs) we are here to protect these people they we mean you no harm you can leave in peace and it's like you know of course bandits they're like no man like f off and Geralt just being such a badass is in the background like you guys should leave. Like you guys should get out of here. It just sounds like once again <laughs> that the writing of Witcher Three is just yeah. so far above. Very, very good. Yes. Everything. So, else. so getting back into the game was so difficult because it's you know it expects you to know everything. It's second expansion I haven't played in so long, yeah. and it was like there's been all these patches, and I'm like trying to figure out how to play the game, and I was it was so jarring. And the movement is, like, a little worse than I remember. And, you know, that's a whole nother conversation of, like, how memory of a game can really affect your view of it. Like, I have romanticized The Witcher 3 since I have played it so much. And then now going back into it, it's, like, a little different than I remember, you know? Um, and But then you start getting into the story and the conversations and the investigations and all these new characters and... The new world is the new zone is so incredible. It's top tier for any Witcher fan, for any just fan of video games. The Witcher Three, so I, good. I can't wait until <laughs> we get get a little bit of distance uh, between that expansion. More people have played. We can get blood mm-hmm. in here, and we can have a oh yeah, nice oh, yeah. long absolutely conversation. Absolutely, drink some wine, talk to blood. Oh, uh, we got like that's a joke we've been doing for a while that actually needs to. No, happen. we have. I mean, it's how easy is that? I mean, I, I yeah. literally I just go inside yeah. and crack over the bottles. But I want it. No, that's not tough. We to are make here happen. with blood I don't want and wine. Like yeah. A red cup. I want a fucking goblin. Yeah, like, I want him. A chalice. Yeah, a chalice. There we go. Like Tyrion, the whole yeah. time. Cool. No, yeah, he's that's got. No, he's, he's got. He's got. The, he's got his own like carafe next to the yes. glass. He's just constantly reporting. That blood, yeah, like, we're I saying blood needs to open up. That's what show when you do it. He needs to go, I do two things. Yeah. I drink and I talk. <laughs> I drink and I score. Uh, Brandon Jones, man, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm happy to be back on Frame Trap. I love this. I love a nice casual conversation. Yeah. Thank you for putting another game on my list that I'm not playing right now. I know. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. But, but I, you know, I, I didn't play Hearts of Stone when it first came out. And um, Did you that, end up getting through that? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Fuck, man. And... Oh, uh, uh, the the hurdle when I first got into it of like wait I gotta teach myself Witcher that I actually had twice because I stopped the campaign about yeah. midway through and then just having to pick that back up it's hard but it's um I Uncharted four I'm gonna have to finish this is my first game that I've been playing I'm gonna have to finish that every second I can like I'm gonna play that game in ten minute spurts and then an hour and a half and then thirty <laughs> minutes and then four hours whereas uh, Blood and Wine I'm gonna have to have a a, a weekend I'm gonna yeah. like I don't want to sit down with that game and then stop playing twenty minutes later I'm gonna have to like okay. You know, hold my calls. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have lots of longing for games right now, but I'm 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 playing a lot of things for work. Uh, um, I got I I haven't played it since, but wait, Hitman's on my list now. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. Those I are just, really fun groups. I can't stop thinking about Hitman and yeah. and, and hippies. Hip, it, it's and hippies. Yeah. <laughs> just poor, poor poor hippies. Um, it's interesting because I think I was really averse to the stealth genre when I first started getting into it. I loved Metal Gear Solid for some reason. I played Metal Gear like on the NES, but like never really got into the franchise until Solid, and then like didn't like Splinter Cell. Splinter Cell was so frustrating, and um, and so like haven't really adapted. Like didn't like Hitman. Had like friends who were like, "Oh my god, Blood Money's the greatest game ever," and I'm just like, all this game is doing is just being like wrong, 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 no, wrong outfit, no, wrong door, no, wrong weapon. I'm like, all right, and it's just like you have so many options. Like feels like I don't. It feels like I have one option, and I'm just not finding it. 
Um, and I, it just wasn't a, it wasn't attuned to my play style. Mm-hmm. I think I've grown up and grown up. I just just walking around that world. I was kind of nervous too because we're all like performing for the the crowd, you know, like trying to make things happen. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to die within five seconds, and you know, like I want to actually like see if I can make something happen here. And and I really liked the slow pace. Like yeah. I imagine if I had the time, like I just especially when a new map comes out, like the way that they've set this up, like a new map comes out, and I I wouldn't even like take a weapon or do anything. I would just walk around for an hour yeah, and just listen to all part. the conversations and just like find the borders of the map and realize like, okay, I don't want to go running down that hallway if I'm in trouble because there's I, all those doors are locked, mm-hmm. you know, and just like, you know, me and open world games is just like just absorbing a space and, and trying to figure out like what's going on there. I really liked um, yeah, the way that they've described not only the events, but like what's happening here, why there's a riot, why those people are holed up in that building, mm-hmm. you know, why this person's, you know, uh, making the rounds. Um, speaking of Hitman, uh, just played Hitman Sniper on mobile, oh, yeah. which I've demoed a bunch. Like I've had it at a bunch of events, and I've just like tooled around with it. But like, uh, I'm exporting the podcast at like you know super late at night, like I like to do. And uh, the podcast is about two and a half hours. I played two, two and a half hours. I played Hitman Sniper, like Jeez. just sitting in my chair. Like I can't stop. And it was just the same environment. But it's like I'll be like done, and then I'll start it, and they're like get four headshots in ten seconds. And I'm like. Can do that, you know. Like I can do it, and and I know it's classic mobile. You know, just like you're 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 you know you know eating the same content over and over and over again. But uh, just just the way just just knowing that that guy is going to cheat with that lady and seeing noticing them like oh they leave the party but she goes straight to the bedroom or is he kind of like I'm going to go over here and look at this view. Okay, now I'm going to the bedroom to have sex with her and like and and now I know they do that. So like now when I'm hunting a different target, and I see him walk by. It's like I know where he's going. So if I need a th- thousand more points before I try to get to the objective, I can sneak up there and, sh- and you know, slow-mo, use the gun that lets me see through. So, I like, even if there's something blocking him, I can mm-hmm. still get him and, like, you know, headshotting two people that are right next to each other. Like, oh, it's so good. That's cool because <laughs> it sounds like it's not just tapping on heads and, and blowing them apart. It, there's, a, there's a little bit of that Hitman planning and... It is, it's finesse. It's like, see, I can see myself, whereas playing Hitman on console, if I just completed the objective, I could see myself walking away and being like, all right, next objective or next map. I'm good. I'm good on that. Yeah, I could play that again for five hours, but I don't have time. I don't need to. Whereas I'm totally fine redoing this map again because it's all about how quick... Especially when I've like I know all of your movements, you know that like how can, how can I chain stuff together and things you can do like I, I can uh, um, and it's a classic like E three example. We're like, look, see, I, I hit this car alarm and then I can fl- knock this guy on it, but it's still pretty fun when you actually get in there and do it. It's very surprised and then tons of Pokemon because we're doing that that uh, that video thirty five hours into Pokemon Red. Wow, we haven't talked about Pokemon at all, Damiani. Damiani, are you are are you familiar with Pokemon just because you've been around it, or is that something you actually love? Like, are you are you do you, so, are you endeared to that franchise? I, I played enough of it because I've reviewed it. I played it a lot. I played it a lot for Pop Fiction. Yes, that I that I definitely respect the series, and I, I completely get why it is as popular as it is. I don't get as excited about new Pokemon games as say possibly Kyle Bossman, right? Um, <laughs> and me now, yeah. But I definitely I do appreciate the the older ones a little bit more. There is a certain like charm, and I can see the nostalgia about how simple they were, and seeing how they've evolved to what? their their current form. <laughs> the new ones just have a little bit too much going on in them. I feel whereas the simplicity of the the generation one and generation two games were, having gone back and played them, I feel like they are what are more they're more appealing to me than the newer ones. But I still enjoy playing through the newer ones when they come out. I just hate 
the iterative ones that follow within that generation. And so, hey, here's uh, they haven't done it as much recently, but it was like here, here's like you know, here's two colors. Now here's like the third one that comes out a year later. Nothing really new except some new Pokemon and the slight story refinements. And then, oh, here comes the update. Like, I get it's kind of like everyone used to get so angry if a review of any Pokemon game ever said it's more of the same. They haven't changed the game in twenty years. Blah blah blah. When if you really play it, they they have changed enough. It, right. it was obvious someone who did that review probably that was their first Pokemon game. They never played another Pokemon game before, um, but. I do see that, like, uh, having played them all so much, I kind of do want to see them do something crazy with one of them. Even if it's a Me spinoff. Yeah. They do do spinoffs already with these weird ones, like Rumble and the the Dungeon Crawler ones, the Mystery Dungeons. I want them to do an adventure-style Pokemon game where you go out in real time and capture the Pokemon or Dude, something like that. Kyle, Pokemon I think Kyle game. hates this idea. <laughs> I think you just crushed Kyle's soul. Yes, Kyle's, <laughs> like, in somewhere Kyle's looking at me right now saying... Dami, honey, you just don't get it. Yeah, he's yeah. angry. Right he's now. angry. Like the he's rage angry. is building in him. Yeah. I even joked. Uh, a former colleague of ours, Patrick Morales, and I used to spend a lot of time theorizing and brainstorming the ideal Pokemon MMO. Oh, I played the hell out of that. We would we would come up with these like ideas about like the gym system. How mm-hmm. each week the weeklies would be you fight. There's a PvP system in each gym. And the winner of the tournament is the gym leader for that week. Totally. Yeah, that and they sense. get all the benefits of it. And then they have to be defeated the next week or else they keep staying as it. And then the Elite Four would be if you're a gym leader winner, you can go to each month, you go to Elite Four tournament. And if you knock off one of them, you then become an Elite Four member for a month. And like the the legendary, so yeah, we were like, <laughs> oh my so God. we even got to the point where I went to a blizzard for an interview for StarCraft 2. And Patrick's like, asked him about a Pokemon MMO. <laughs> we seriously asked him about a what Pokemon. What would they possibly say? Like, oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, <laughs> like, we were just trolling. And they're like, Whoa. they basically, their reply was, I think it would scare off children <laughs> if they made a Pokemon MMO. Some scary stuff in there. But uh, it's, it's uh, funny because I do this. Sh- I, I do the show with Kyle. For those of you that don't know that uh, where I play Pokemon and he, you know, I tell him all of my woes and, and, uh, and wins in the game. And, uh, Every now and then, Kyle loves when I don't know stuff. So Kyle's like, oh, you, you had an experience. What do you think about that? Or what do you think that's going to evolve into? Yeah. Or what are you looking forward to in the game? And every now and then, I break his heart because he's like, oh, what did you think about Fly? Did you not know how it worked? I'm like, oh, no, I remember how it worked because of Pop Fiction. <laughs> like, uh, Pop Fiction taught me everything I know about Pokemon. Damian, <laughs> I don't know a lot. Kyle. I don't yeah. know a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a very <laughs> revealing little conversation that I had with Kyle over Slack where we talk about business stuff. Uh, Daniel Blowworth had a code for Pokemon Tournament. And he was like, who wants this? And I, I was the first one to speak up. And I was like, oh, I'll take it. And then goes, Kyle goes, no, I want it. And he said, Ben loves all video games. I only love Pokemon. <laughs> and, like, it wasn't a joke. And it made me realize, like, maybe he's just kind of filling the time between yeah, Pokemon, Pokemon releases. But, Brandon, sorry, not to... Get, That's not it. To and I, and I, uh, I have... Um, I... I don't know if I mentioned this last on Frame Trap because I talked about Galaxy of Heroes, which I'm still like addicted to. Uh, but I started a guild. There's an I have an Easy Allies guild in Galaxy of Heroes, and I, I play with people. A good thing or a bad thing? It's a great thing. It's fun. Um, it, uh, it's great because, like for example, uh, we do raids, but I have officers in there that can start it, so I don't need to check in constantly. So it, it is 
Like I can get in there and you know try to get morale up and you know try to get everybody engaged in the stuff that we're doing. Yeah, right. But um, I don't have to be there, you know, all the time. But uh, do you have Kylo Ren? uh, I have Kylo Ren. Actually, I'm I'm Kylo Ren's one of my my mission statements right now to get him up because uh, he's deadly. So he has one of the things that's deadly in this game, Ben, is both Darth Sidious and Kylo Ren can put a tag on someone that means that person can't be healed for like two full rounds. So it doesn't so like if I'm if you put it on auto battle, my healer's gonna be like heal. It's like no, it's not gonna do anything. So like if you're there, there's no way to play in the game against someone. You're always playing against AI. Sometimes you're playing against someone's established team, so you can see team compositions and stuff That's like cool. that. But uh, Sidious has that, which is awesome because I can just tag a healer and then I'm like, haha, you're dead. Like even if I miss the next like four attacks, like you can't do anything. You can't heal yourself. Um, Kylo will also counter. So there's a chance that if you hit Kylo, he'll just get pissed and hit you back and put that tag on you. So it's like, all right, I got to get Kylo Who's better, Kylo Ren or Darth Vader? Vader sucks. Vader does a, uh, Vader is an okay AoE, and Vader has a saber toss that, like, has... I've, I've gone up against other teams where, like, it'll just one-shot someone, and I'm like, whoa, I don't know what happened there. But using Vader, I'm like, it just doesn't, yeah. Sounds like disrespect. For some reason, I also kind of like having Vader be low level because you have like all the tiers of all the characters you have, and I like the Vaders at the bottom. I'm just like, yeah, get out of here, Vader. It's like I'm only twelve. I'm like, yes, Vader. Get more, get better abilities. Um, but uh, yeah, having having the allies in there, you know, having like a, you know, jumping in and being like, I really liked uh, the podcast this week. I'm like, yeah. So. The, I, them, them's my games and I'm thinking of uh, getting an HDMI I see you dummy on actually about it and it does, sounds like it's not that tricky to uh, get an HDMI cable for uh, iPhone and iPad and stream some iPhone games yeah that would be really cool could be fun yeah I was just gonna say uh, you know I this is my I shouldn't do this this is bad I will fully admit that this is bad but I feel like I've pretty much written off mobile games in a way that is not healthy for me especially somebody that speaks about video games on shows and I, you always remind me, like, every time you're on a podcast or I have a conversation with you, it's like, oh, I should probably check that out. I should I should think about this style of game. Galaxy of Heroes is I've, I've played, uh, like, yeah. a couple hours of that game, and it is solid. Okay. I'm, right. I'm, just, I'm so yeah. addicted to video games that yeah. I need I just need it in my life, yeah. you know? And yeah. so I'm either, like, working or not working, and when I'm not working, I'm like, yep. just like... <laughs> the only reason I don't play Galaxy of Heroes, though, is because Hearthstone is on my phone. Right. And it's like Hearthstone uh, games the reason are short enough. It's like yeah. the the ultimate yeah. itch scratch where it's like all right, one yeah. one quick game wherever I am, you know. Oh, I'm in a restaurant waiting for the check. One quick game. <laughs> like, I'll, get, I, I'll, I'll save you some money though, Ben. Uh, I just and I hadn't done this in a long time, but I went back into the Apple Store and I was like, I'm ready. I want I, Tower Defense. Speak to me and like could couldn't really find good Tower Defense. That's when I got Hitman. Uh, I downloaded Battleborn Tap just to see what that was about. Uh, but it was free. I was like, sure. Um, but uh, 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 Roller Coaster Tycoon Three, five dollars. Waste, waste. Not good. Not good. Oh, dang it. I, the, the Roller Coaster Tycoon name has, has fallen from grace. Uh, the new one's coming it, out. And it used to be huge. I I remember one of my most emotional moments that I ever had. The the, the pride because you know I like to build things in games. Uh, like games where you can, you know, little big planet and infinity and all that. And over to a friend's house, and they were like, "Oh, we never showed you our Lord of the Rings theme park." And I was like, "You're you're what now?" Mm-hmm. And they booted up uh, uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon Three, and they'd made like a, a vast oh Lord of the Rings theme park. God. They had the Misty Mountain Hop. They had like you know, like uh, the, you you get ale and beer. Like the main restaurant area was hop. You know, was the Shire and. Um, yeah, they had the minecart, you know, going through Moria. And all. It was, yeah, it was amazing. So my brother, <laughs> the music was playing because they like modded it so that like it would play all the soundtrack. My, my brother doesn't play too many video games, but like we've bonded over two things in our life. That's it. 
Maybe like no for video. The video, okay, video. Okay. <laughs> like the only points of three, three, you've ever had. three. Okay. Actually, uh, Mortal Kombat on Genesis, Counter Strike. We would always run in together and just like crouch full auto M4. Just like <laughs> the Aztec bridge. My brother and I would just run every time. No Flash matter, bang. never change our strategy. <laughs> Every single time, both of us fully automatic. Another one, we still talk about it, is Roller Coaster Tycoon. Every time it would rain, jack up the price of umbrellas <laughs> to like 80 bucks. Every time. We still talk about it. So fun. You jack it up so high it'd be raining and so many people just wouldn't have umbrellas if he's so pissed about it. But I dude, you know me at theme parks, man. I've been I've been there. I remember being at a theme park one time and it started raining and this person walked over and grabbed this like this thing that just looked like a set or something and just like took the top part off and it was nothing but umbrellas. So it's like Touche, you just made five hundred dollars right there in two hours. Roller Coaster Tycoon was one of those games, like the thing that made it special to me is kind of exactly what you're saying, where you just get obsessed with Dumb little things like <laughs> yes. that, like be like, "Oh, I'm gonna make them all throw up on this ride," yeah. and you do that for like two hours, yeah. and you'd be like, "Okay, I'm just gonna make a roller coaster that just goes really, really far up, and then there's no more railing." And it's just like when you say it to yourself, you're like, "This is the dumbest fucking thing ever." But you, yeah, you just get obs- there aren't that many games like that where you get obsessed yeah. with dumb little things. Right, like building not on mobile into the I'm cave and stuff. You like try to bore out the oh, ground sure. and. Try to have the, the roller coaster going underground. Oh. That's me. Okay. There it is. Uh, there, I really only have two things to play, new to bring to the table. I've still been playing Valkyria and Warhammer. Uh, but I Ninja Gaiden Sigma is something I want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, I've been a streaming it. Bit. Yeah. And I. It's probably my favorite stream I've done just because I've been enjoying it every so much. time. I do. <laughs> I, I am a man of enthusiasm and I, I tend to say a lot of the same phrases. But uh, yeah, it's. Ninja Gaiden is a game and a series. It, I think it's like with you and Ani Mushi Huber, where mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a minute, this shouldn't have gone away. This yeah. is too good. Um, and it was one of those things as a kid that I just couldn't beat. Like, I, I would always get to a certain point as a child. The ninjas with the exploding shurikens, the incendiary yeah. shurikens, would really mess me up. But I've been doing a lot better. And what I love about that game is just how good it feels. And that's such a generic thing to say, but the way that they introduce enemies, they make you expand in the in the moveset in such a cool way because you you can start the game and you're like, okay, I'm just going to spam Flying Swallow or I'm just going to jump on their heads. But then you run into an enemy where it's like, I can't do that, I keep dying. And so you have to explore counterattacks. You have to explore combos. You have to use uh, your projectile weapons a little bit more. And just that sort of design where it just sort of organically forces you into engaging with the combat on a deeper level, you just you get to this point where you feel amazing and you feel like you have a mastery over it in a way that other games don't demand. Is it's it, so cool. Is it fair to say that that could be like the hardest game? Because so, to, to me, it's the hardest game I've ever played. I, I've actually been playing it a little bit beyond the stream, and people are going to get mad at me for that. I, I fought Alma, and this is the very mm-hmm. first time I fought the first form of Alma. Mm-hmm. And I just remember growing up, people are like, this boss is impossible, this is super, super hard. Mm-hmm. I didn't struggle with it at all. Like, I'm not trying to brag. It's just one of those things where I... A little older now, a little wiser. A little older now, wiser now. But yeah. Brad said something that's really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. He said, 
Dark Souls has made me better at games. Yes. And, and I feel like yep. there are games that I struggled with a lot as a kid that I, going back and playing later on, like like Devil May Cry 3, Ninja Gaiden, um, even like some NES 2D side-scrollers where I'm just a little bit more patient and I, I'm, I'm open to like trying new things. And I think Dark Souls really did uh, kind of get me into those good habits yeah. that have helped me. Um, and it is, it is extremely tough, but... I remember playing Ninja Gaiden 2, and the thing about Ninja Gaiden 2 is there are just these moments where off-screen, like, you can't kill them, missiles will come out of nowhere, and the camera isn't good enough to allow you to deal with these missiles that are coming out of nowhere, and the enemies that are just on top of you, just assaulting you constantly, and it feels really, really cheap. Whereas in Ninja Gaiden 1, I feel like things get crazy and things get hectic, but there are very few moments where it's like, I can't deal with this, Mm -hmm. and if you kind of do allow yourself to learn everything. It's it's not that bad. I, I wouldn't say it's uh, especially difficult. But. Damiani, have you played uh, Ninja Gaiden? So, it's kind of funny hearing you say Ninja Gaiden 1 and 2 because you're talking about... Uh, when you say that... The newer ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, and I totally got that the whole time. So, to answer your question, I've only played the NES, NES ones. Okay. And those and, games are bullshit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Those are troll games. Like Those yeah. are the NES side-scroller games where... You know, memory shenanigans where if you backtrack just a little too far, oh, enemy just killed, took effort to kill, right back at you, yo, I'm still here, like flying, like going in, like, you know, wave patterns, like sinusoids, like, yeah, try and dodge this with, like, jumping over these pillars where one wrong hit, knock back, just perfectly knocks back, so you can't recover, and you're falling to that endless pit of death. Like, Castlevania. The Ninja Gaiden, even Zelda 2 had so much of that crap where, oh, you gotta jump over this stuff and these heads are flying all over the oh place. My God. Hit one, do it, you're dead. Ghosts and Goblins. And like, Super Ghosts Ghost and Goblins. Go- yeah. These guys, yeah, like, they're those so guys. hard. Falcons are the most deadly enemy. Yeah, they're, like, they're weird. <laughs> oh, yes. Like, yeah. Like, even Castlevania, yes. Just having memories of those games. But also, to your point about like games being difficult, like I still feel like... You guys like joke a lot about like Zelda with me. I still think Zelda Two is a hard game, even now, as much yeah. as I played I think, it. I think no, Zelda brother, Two is my brother. Like, I couldn't finish it. Like yeah. Zelda One, Zelda I think is is, I think Zelda One is difficult in that like it's uh it's ab- not abstract, but like it just doesn't really give you a lot of information to know what to do. But once you know what to do in Zelda One, I don't think its combat is uh, strenuous and as challenging as Zelda Two's combat is. Yeah, and Zelda Two. I've heard so many excuses. People say the controls suck in Zelda 2. Oh, I can't. I don't have the precision. I'm like, no, you have actually pretty good. Like, you can actually control your trajectory and your jumps and stuff. Uh, also, the one of the, the, the only Zelda game where you can inherently manually jump from the beginning. Awesome mechanic. But it's, it's difficult because all the enemies have different patterns that you have to do. And as you get further in the game... I think you got some crazy shit like these blue birds that jump around and like move their shield up and down, shooting laser beams at you, and they're like unpredictable patterns. You get used to them, you know what to do, but even now it's just like I anyone who can beat Zelda 2 without dying once, at least not on purpose, like for shenanigans to like whatever, but so anyone who can beat Zelda 2 without dying unintentionally is a, like a game master in my book. <laughs> like like a god. I you want are, it to be a plaque. You are a Damiani game master. <laughs> like the game god. Yo, can you like sleuth up the first ever this enemy? What game <laughs> invented this guy? Oh. Is um, that going to be... Uh, probably, sleuth this up, Damiani. Sleuth this up. Uh, the deuce's head is like the, lo- the early second Donkey, ever, well, Donkey Kong had like the, the barrel predictions on the second level of Donkey Kong <laughs> where they like bounce up and down and then like... And the springs. They, the, the springs. 
Like they like when you get to that top level, like they're and they're not the same pattern each time. The distance change, so I just YOLO it at that point. Like I had never paid attention <laughs> because it's so quick. I don't like I never studied that game to be like how is the pattern and stuff. But I just remember that part. It's like holy crap! Like. <laughs> Got it. Go. Hope yo. I'm gonna make it, yo. I don't even know. But I mean, they don't. You die. You get touched by it. You're dead. You don't. You're like no, no chance of knockback. Like I got knocked back to a safe spot, yo. Yeah. Thank you, game gods, for giving me another chance. Like Ninja Gaiden. Like you. Like I'm gonna make this jump. Nope. Enemy hit me the right way. You yeah. damage boost me the right way. Thank you, game oh, gods. Oh god, that's so good. It's like in yes. like Ghosts and Goblins. You get pushed forward somehow yes. and like on it, and then you like get to the new frame, and you're yep. like, yes, yep. yes. <laughs> Uh, the the very last thing I wanted to say about Ninja Gaiden, and it's, it's something I wanted to gauge your thoughts on as a panel, is narratively, Ninja Gaiden is like exceptionally stupid, like <laughs> so stupid that it's amazing. Where awesome. when you take a look at the overall plot, it's just like, all right, we are establishing this break. Here's this stuff. Break. Here's this stuff. And it's, it's like the most childish, like endearingly childish thing. It's like, all right, here's a guy. He's named Oku. All right, cool. Now there's this pink demon with half of a head. All right, cool. Also, <laughs> oh, here are these things called fiends. And here's a bunch of lore that doesn't make any sense. And it's just the like this sort of make it up as you go along. And when you like. The, the enemy design is just so outlandish. Like, the, the third boss of that game is just a giant fat dude with this gun that shoots blue energy, and he's just like, <laughs> ah, boom, ah, boom. And then you have a tentacle monster that eats this scantily clad leather woman, and then you she, it spits her out, and she's, like, covered in goo, and you're just like, okay. And t- I was thinking about it, and I'm like, I, I feel like today, when a lot of people play games and I read reviews I, I see a lot of this criticism where it's like there's not enough plot here there's not enough story here or it's too convoluted or it's too outlandish and I feel like in Ninja Gaiden the gameplay is so good and the mechanics are so good mm-hmm. that I can appreciate this underdeveloped story in yeah. kind of like a charming simple this is like a dumb bad action movie way and I sort of miss that I sort of miss that aspect of action games, like Bayonetta has that, Devil May Cry has that, Ninja Gaiden has that, where they can kind of have this crazy, ridiculous story that they don't need to lean on, but having it there in the background adds something. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's kind of like unique to action games. What do you, what do you guys think about Well, that? I thought Doom like, exactly. didn't need a story, but it was there in the background. And right. It, it, bolstered that game for me. It made it even better. Like, and, and it took itself just about as seriously as it needed to. Like, just, yeah. Yeah. It's like the perfect balance. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, it's like pizza, you know? It's like, you can make a pizza for me and it's fine. And like, that was that was good. That was a good <laughs> pepperoni and cheese. Thank you for that pizza. But it's like, put a little spice in there yeah like a little you know, sneak a little bacon in the crust or something you know like and that that to me like when you when you take each genre there's things that you might fighting games it's like okay i'm not expecting a mm-hmm. huge story right but hey if you throw in little teases if you add little things in the background that i notice context of like why i'm fighting in this place um dead or alive one of the things i always loved about that series was like knocking people off to other areas <laughs> yeah. and it's always kind of fun to see how stages kind of deconstruct and like other ways you can go um so yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean I care what Ryu's doing next, 
but I'm sure curious. You know, like right. I, I'm sure. I, you know, like when I can tell, like, oh, this is the boss arena. It's kind of like Dark Souls, where it's like, what the heck is going to come through this door? Mm-hmm. Um, so you can still have anticipation for a story, even though I don't care. You know, so I think that I was going to bring up Bayonetta when you were talking about that. Like, do you think? Because from I have not played Bayonetta one or two. Do you think? Sorry, oh, I just looked. You were making okay. <laughs> no, it's just like okay, Brandon. Like I, I realize I do this a lot. But I miss, people but say I, miss I haven't the, played. But I've missed out on the Devil May Cry franchise as well. I played Devil May Cry one and two, which I didn't realize was a bad game at the time. I, I love Ninja Gaiden and I love Devil May Cry, and those games are near and dear to my heart. But honestly, and I really believe this in my soul, like Bayonetta is like. If you have to play one action game, play cool. this one. I just go straight to two, right? I'm going to give you... I'm going to buy... I swear I will do this. I will buy you a copy of Bayonetta to guilt you spring, You have it, right? Oh, yeah. You're not but, playing it this week. You bring... Well... You're paying it over... Ben doesn't like to hand out his, his yeah. items. <laughs> I would rather just... I'd rather buy you, you just a buy you a game. borrow mine. I want to buy you. Have it. Yeah. And then you'll feel more guilty about it. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I just love... I just love how it's, there's like I do a de- have two. Co- I actually have two copies. I, I <laughs> but I love how there's like a desi- so there's like a designated insane. headquarters for Easy Allies, and like literally, it is not going to leave like this room. Yeah, it's just like nah. <laughs> I'm weird with my game yeah. collection. Maybe like maybe bring it to the next game stream. I won't be involved or the next group stream. I won't be involved. I'll just be in the background playing Bayonetta the whole time. Sure. And just like every 20 minutes, so I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. with, oh. you're like, I told you, man. I was on a jet, now I'm upside down, Ben. You're like, man, I know, Jones. Bayonetta makes me just feel like I'm good at games. Like, mastering <laughs> that combat system is such a pleasure. It's just like, oh, it feels so good. It feels so good. Oh, but, I gotta be careful what games I say I don't play. Man. Or haven't. Okay. Like, I didn't pulling up Witch Time Bayonetta, in that but... is... Oh, God. I could talk about the Witch Time mechanic for the rest of this podcast. God. But the other thing that I think you would especially appreciate about Bayonetta... <laughs> Is like I was talking about how Ninja Gaiden is outlandish and stupid, and it is, and it's great. But in Bayonetta, it's as outlandish as you could possibly be, but they contextualize it. They yes. frame the outlandishness mm-hmm. like they make their their angels and their demons and the, the witches. The way they rank stuff. them, yeah, so sick. They, they wrap that stuff in a oh. shell that is totally insane, but it's insane in a way that is consistent with a yeah. certain logic, and it's just like. It's well, it so also, good. it also, yeah. The, I think logic is the most important word there. Like you can see, you can make something ridiculous as long as I can tell the fractured but whole. It's like that's right. gonna be a ridiculous game with a ridiculous story. But what that's what we're expecting. We know what they're gonna do. Whereas if you see them like Ninja Gaiden, you're like, I, I think you think this is cool. You know, yeah. I think you think that I'm blown away by this story, and I'm not. Whereas I don't think you know the people of Bayonetta are like, yeah, there's there's stuff going on here. But if you don't care, you know, right. My favorite um, part of Ninja Gaiden is the beginning. Because it's so grounded. It's because like ninja it's infiltrating part. other ninja location. Just ninja on ninja. Standard. So grounded. Okay. So... Oh, I, I need to... Nuts. I need to say why the first level of Ninja Gaiden it's 2004 so edition is like good. one of the best opening levels ever. Yeah. It... You hit start, you hit new game, you're in the game. You yeah. are fucking ninja. Enemy ninjas are running at you. And so yeah. it just has that intensity and it grips you immediately. No story mm-hmm. bullshit, nothing. Yeah. And the way that it teaches you things is there's this other ninja that you don't see until later throwing these shurikens yeah. and giving sure, you a little bit of story and giving you uh, like new mechanics. And it's not, I hate, I know there's another game that I'm going to talk about that does this a little bit. It doesn't like put you in a safe space and be like, okay, try out these mechanics. In real time, in the level, 
it's built out in such a way that it's slowly building on these mm-hmm. mechanics and making you more and more involved. But it, it always feels like a level. It never mm-hmm. feels like a tutorial area. It yeah. feels like a space that exists that you have to conquer. Learning so good. learning the rules too when they like come out of the the walls and stuff yes. or like the the boards yeah like cut through them it's like whoa <laughs> and what's crazy is the first time you're going through it you're like this is insane this game is so intense but once you get farther and you go back and you play the first area you're like oh no it's just expertly easing me into this mm-hmm. while making it feel like a crazy action game and it's mm-hmm. oh it's it is perfect love it and that first boss is amazing yeah. uh moving away from ninja Gaiden because we have to move on <laughs> there is one other game that i really want to talk about so I uh, paid the $5 and did the Origin Access thing and uh, played two hours of Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Hey! Uh, I was Must a big be f- nice! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was a big fan of the original Mirror's Edge. Heck and yeah. uh, I've, I've been super looking forward to Mirror's Edge Catalyst. And I really, really like it. There are going to be a lot of people that hate it. Mm. And... Mm. The first thing that we need to get, let's get the bad out of the way. The story is awful. Oh, like, no. <laughs> awful Speaking in of. a way that it detracts from the game. Uh, and it's it's kind of what you were mentioning earlier, where it's like, it thinks it's super, super, super cool. And it's and it's not because the, the characters are cliches in the most aggravating way. And that's, so wonder, yeah. sorry, that's so frustrating because this is like a reimagining of the first game. Well, and they're like trying to make it a better story, so that's super frustrating. It, it also does one of those things where it's the game uses its own language, and the language that it uses is dumb. Like, you're in this prison because there's this corporation that's like it, it's generic sci fi stuff, but when you get out of it, they're like, oh man, how was your time in Juvie? And they like refer to it as Juvie, and it just sounds weird and dumb. And But the character I want to focus on to kind of, like, crystallize my point here is you've been away from your, like, runner group for a while. And the guy that, like, helps get you out and lead you back, his name is uh, Icarus. And he's like, oh. He's like this smug, rival, like, forced character. And the way that he talks to you is just the fucking worst. Where he he says to you, I want to see... One of the first things he says to you is, like, I want to see if the legendary Faith can live up to the hype. And then you... That was in the demo that I played, yeah. Yeah. Packs. And then you get to him again after running into some bad guys. And he's like, oh, finally here, huh? And every single time you kind of talk to your boss of the runner group, he's like, I don't know if Faith can do this. I'm better. And it's just like, I get it, dude. Like, <laughs> this is your character. And you never show me anything else beyond this. There's nothing else to sympathize with you with. Like... You don't make me want to compete with you. Just make me want... I just want you to go away. I don't want you to be there. But he might become a bad guy, and you might have to kill him someday. I I don't know. (laughs) I haven't played far enough to see. He's absolutely going to become a bad guy. Like, it's the most telegraphed, painfully obvious thing. And it's just... uh, It's it's awful. I notice... uh, What what is that, Ben? I I notice that has bothered you. Like, uh, simplistic characters. No, simplistic characters can be great. Okay. But... When, you, when you're making a simplistic character, I think the thing that you should be aware of is that they're simple. Mm-hmm. Like, if you tell me a point about that character and that's the only thing there is to that character, you don't need to shove it in my face every five seconds. <laughs> yeah. Present it, let it go away for a while, and yeah. then maybe reintroduce it. Whereas Icarus is like, 
you can't catch me. You can't catch me. So, like, incessant. Like, yeah, it's incessant okay. to the point where it's detracting from everything yeah. else in the it's game. It's like distracting. Yeah, okay. I don't... I play a lot of JRPGs with very, very simple characters, cool. and, and the ones that cool. suck are the ones that say their annoying lines in every single Well, line. I'll give you an yeah. example. It's like, what clearly what they want you to do is be frustrated with this guy. You know, they, they, want, right. you, they <laughs> want you to see him as a rival. They want you to, yeah, I'm going to beat your scores. I don't like you very much. Right. And it's like, well, like you were saying, like, Maybe give him a little bit more depth so that, like, I actually do. I don't have a lot of friends now because I'm just out of prison. Like, maybe, maybe yeah, I, he does kind of start to build up a little trust with me. And then, yeah, we do go on some mission together and he screws you because, duh, remember, he doesn't like you. And you're like, oh, he, he, he fooled, the game fooled me for a second. I thought mm-hmm. he was kind of starting to get on my side. Now I really hate this guy. Smart. Just having him being like, yeah, is not going to, like, slowly, incrementally increase my hate for him. Uncharted I'm just going to I'm just going to bottom out. At some, I'm just going to end at some point and then it's just going to. My frustration meter with the game itself is going to go up instead. That's Uncharted yeah. too, because you go on the mission with Finn. Okay. And like spoilers. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's the very beginning. Uncharted two. Yeah, right. yeah, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. You're I could, like, you, I could you, tell. You, you I pull could, a heist with a rival, and then it's like okay. I could tell by the trailer. So I saw yeah. the guy in the trailer. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're the yeah. guy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got it. Sorry. The the other thing that I I uh, am a little bit mixed on is Catalyst is much more open than the first game was. And so it does, it's cool in a way because the running is so good that if you're like, actually, I don't want to go do that main mission or side mission or whatever, I just kind of want to run around and, and find things. The mechanics are so good that there is fun to be had there. I just get the sense that they could have been a little bit more ambitious with the world. It is, it is the most boilerplate, back of the box, like here's how you make an open world uh, kind of design where it's like, all right, there are going to be these glowing energy things. If you collect 21 of them, we'll give you a bunch of stuff. Or like, hey, here's a here's a lore document like behind this thing. And it's just like a bunch of numbers. Like, it's okay, you got one of 21 of this. You got two of 21 of this. There are races around the city that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, what I actually really, really like that's new is there's a progression system now. So there are, there are multiple skill trees. So you can, there's a skill tree for combat, for movement, and for gear. And what's... What's nice about it is there's nothing in that skill tree where it's like, oh, I wish I had this at the beginning. It's, it's frustrating that you're making me unlock this. Everything is ancillary enough that if you don't level up Faith at all, you feel like you can get through the game just fine. Like The controls are good enough and her capabilities are good enough that you don't need it. But if you want to play a certain way where it's like, I don't really want to fight guys at all. Yeah. I'm just going to focus on movement. Or you're like, no, I love taking out guys in a cool fashion. You can do things to enhance that and just make it more fun for you. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's actually really elegantly implemented. And the thing that I want to stress the most is, holy goddamn, the running is great. <laughs> it is so much fun bouncing off walls, jumping around, sliding into guys, kicking them off ledges. There's a fluidity to it and just a, a tightness to it that once you spend about an hour playing, it's just it's just incredible. Like I, I know I trash in the series a lot, but I remember the first time I played Assassin's Creed where it's like, oh man, I wish more games felt this smooth. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the same feeling I'm getting with Catalyst, where it's just like, Yes, there are things I could be doing, but the simple act of getting from point A to point B, like a Sunset Overdrive feeling, mm-hmm. where I'm like, this this is all, I could spend hours just doing this. And uh, it's it feels even better than the first game. Uh, the only thing that I think is a little iffy is sometimes the wall run just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll do the same thing twice, and one time it will work, and one time it won't. Maybe it's just something I haven't figured out yet, 
but uh, but yeah, it's it's going to be one of those games where I think there are, there is a certain segment of the audience that is devout to Mirror's Edge and really love that first game and and got behind it. Uh, I think they're going to be super into it, but I'm worried that it's not necessarily going to attract a new audience. Well, that's what I love about like you were just saying the movement. I love the first game, and then I played the new one at E3 last year, and it's just like the energy of yeah. running. You know, it feels like it's high stakes. You feel not helpless, but you feel like running and movement is your weapon. And just how it makes you feel whenever you see a bunch of enemies, it's like, yeah, I'm not gonna just run in and attack them and do the same thing as so many video games. It's like I'm gonna use the environment and just get out of here. I'm running. And it does that amazing thing that that I think a lot of other games got wrong that I don't know how you do it from a design standpoint where the buttons that you're pressing and what you're doing with your fingers is not that incredibly complex. Like you're kind of just pushing or holding if you kind of want to jump on one thing and then another. And then the wall run, you're still pushing the same button, but you just got to hug the wall. Like you're, it's, it's relatively simple, but the way they design it, you feel like you're doing a lot. Like when you do make a huge jump or when you bounce off a wall and then swing on a, or go down like a giant rope, you feel amazing yeah. doing it. And it's just, it rides that line perfectly mm-hmm. uh, in a way that I think a lot of other like 3D platformers don't. So are you guys excited for Catalyst? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just want to speak to your the environment a little bit because I said something uh, on a podcast back in the day and uh, I, I remember like I was disappointed because I, I mentioned, I'm like, the city's okay. Like, it didn't really excite me that much as a player. Like, I didn't really want... I wanted to explore more to be like, can I make that jump? And not because, like, whoa, got to get in that building. Yeah. And, and Kyle was, like, a little shocked, and uh, he did not like the sound of that. And so I, I... But I couldn't really... I couldn't formulate my opinion uh, as eloquently as I wanted to. And I think one of the big things for me in open world games is, like, what's that? Like, that's really big. You know, yeah. like, I need to I need to get... And I think Assassin's Creed does that really well. That, like, you'll get to... The, you'll finally get to the top of a building and be like, whoa, what is that building? Whoa, what's going on over there? And you get to... You just, you know, you get to the top of a skyscraper at Mirror's Edge. And it's like, yeah, it's a city, sure. You know, but, like, there's no skyscraper that I'm like, what is... that? What a crazy-looking building. You know, like, if you're going to go the futuristic route, have... You know, I've seen buildings in Seattle that are just architecturally more fascinating than, like, the stuff here. Like, how's that building standing? That's crazy. Yeah. Um... And so that was a bummer for me. That like nothing, nothing, nothing that I could see in the environment was like, I can't wait to build myself up so I can get there. Crackdown actually does that very well. I think we're like, there's just some buildings you're like I just want to get up that thing. It's a crazy looking right. building. Even Dying Light does it. Some, yeah, there's some buildings where I was like, oh, dude, that's pretty cool. <laughs> there, there really isn't anything in Mirror's Edge that has that tremendous sense of scale where you're like, oh god, look at that! I can't wait to get there. But something that I think is missing from Catalyst a little bit that the first game did really, really well is there was sort of like this stark simplicity to the first game's design mm-hmm. where it would just be like white and red, but the way yeah. that they would use it would be like, oh, this looks cool. This has a distinctness to it. And you would go in buildings and it'd be just like, all right, green walls and then white. And it just sort of had this clean, futuristic look that had a really strong vibe to it. Catalyst, and I've only been in the first district, so maybe things get better as you go on. Uh... It, it looks good, it looks futuristic, but it doesn't, it doesn't, it didn't hit me the way that the, the first game did with its, with its style. Like, it's, it's still cool, and Faith is still great, um, and there are some smart design things here and there, but that's, that's sort of the sort of wow moments where it's like, I have to take screenshots all the time, it isn't doing it for me in, in Catalyst. And you could take advantage of that, kind of like Portal does, by having something feel really, you know, sterile and synthetic, and then 
you find a crack and you get through it and now right. I'm in a whole different world and oh right. okay like you know that 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 cleanliness is actually makes sense there's context behind it there's a reason right. why people live in the city want it to look that way because right. it's clean and it's it's simple and, and you know that's that's the way they want the city to look but yeah there is kind of this undercurrent or other environments you get to later which you know you only play two hours but um I don't want to. I don't want to. harp on a game I haven't played yet. No, or haven't played the actual the, the release. I feel like I have said a lot of negative things, but it. I can't wait to get back and yeah. play it. Like it's it's one of those games that definitely has rough edges, but you know it's doing first person platforming in a way that is not being done as well anywhere else, and I think mm-hmm. that alone uh, makes it exciting. There is one little thing that I brought up. Speci- I want to bring up specifically for you, very very quickly. So there's this guy that you owe a bunch of money to, and there's this like character, this sort of like bodyguard like i'm gonna i'm gonna break your legs for the loan this shark is amazing guy, I lo- i'm so sorry. <laughs> hold on hold on so when you're running back she this this character she's hanging out right by your base and the first time you run by her she's like hey i'm coming for you you better pay that money sort of thing i'm paraphrasing but you have to go back to your base a lot and you'll spend like a couple of hours and she'll be like i'm still gonna come get you yeah and right. by like the 10th time it's comical and you don't fear oh, this no. sort of like Lone Shark character anymore mm. and I was like this could have been one yeah been one little detail that I think Damiani I'm going to bring Damiani back in the conversation we're, we're talking about MMOs um, one thing that I've always wanted to have in MMOs it would be way too much work that's an example of like okay yeah that would be nice for that one time you enjoy it but like that's just that's like Rockstar creating two different conversations on the way to a mission objective where you're like why didn't why not just do one? Why did you have two completely different conversations that I only encountered because I died and replayed the mission? But I was I would love it if every quest giver in some MMO had three different states of quest retrieval. If you just did it, if I literally gave you this quest and you did it and brought it back and you're good. If you did it today, if you did like in the, like version number two is like you did it not that fast, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. And then if you like got that quest, forgot it was in your inventory. Waited a year, you know, and then like came back. I would love to have an NPC be like, "Yeah, thanks." Yeah, that you know, would be like, uh, you know, take all day with it. I mean, like, I didn't even need your help anymore. I got another adventure to do it, but I guess I'll give you <laughs> the gold fine. fine. Sure. Like, it cool. wouldn't it wouldn't affect your stats or anything, but just nice. And again, like maybe not across the board, but just that that's a fun way. I think MMOs could just make make the world a little more realistic. Yeah, because you get this kid like, I, you know, I can't find my mom or even a Witcher, you know, and then you're just like, yeah. I'm, <laughs> At least 40 hours of game time before I get your mom back. Sorry. I would love to play Brandon Jones MMO. Okay. Uh, we're we finally... $100,000 stretch goal. Don't eat now. Uh, we are finally done with the first portion of the podcast. Yeah. Oh. I, I do need to ask like a quick interjection. Yes. Um, if we're going to take longer, I need to text Elise. I'm not going to make lunch with her because they'll be waiting for me. Sure. Yeah. That, but now yeah. the internet knows your your lunch plans. Yes. Uh, 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 yeah, and I, I might just set up a fan. It's getting a little. It getting is getting here. steamy. Definitely, please. Um, I yeah. might explain. We're doing something different today. So <gasps> if you guys want to go ahead and do that uh, and try to half pay attention, right. I'm going to explain what we're going to do to the audience really, really quick. Uh, so today, instead of doing a regular hotake, we are doing super hotake extra ramen edition. About That's twenty packs of ramen. Yesterday. Thank you. Is it extra noodles or extra broth? You, with extra ramen edition, you can take that however you want. I'm going this just is, to extra is, noodles. Yeah. <laughs> yes, extra noodles. That's great. That cool. You can do that. Cool. With extra ramen edition. Because I never finish all the all the broth. So there was there was some news this week. Uh, a lot of it was covered on the EZA podcast, and I didn't I didn't kind of want to have the same conversations again, and so I was like, well, E3 is coming up. 
So let's make a game. We're going to play a game today, and you know us allies, we love betting. So we're going to do some bets. The oh, first okay. round, however, there are no stakes. What I want all three of you to do is I want you to think of something completely outlandish that you want to happen. I don't want you to think that it's likely. I don't want you to get caught up in the logistics of it. Just gut one crazy thing really quickly to kind of get in the mood of E3 hype uh, that you want to see happen. Okay. And then in the second round, we're going to get a little bit more serious. Okay. I want you to make one prediction that you think is likely, but not something incredibly obvious. I want you to do something that that you really want to see that you think could happen. And there are going to be stakes to that. So I've created different stakes for all three of you. So if you are successful with your bet and you get it correctly, uh, I, for every bet that you guys get right, I have to do something more intense. So if you get one out of three things right, what I have to do is I have to make a tweet that says, in all caps, Persona 5 looks stupid. <laughs> so if one of you... That's how wow, that's, Yeah, if one of you gets a bet right, but the other two of you don't, that's what I have to do. The second, if two of you get it right, but one of you doesn't, uh, what I have to do is, <laughs> before just before GT closed, I was sent a uh, My Neighbor Totoro PJs, Totoro <laughs> oh, PJs, nice. and I have to host an entire episode of Frame Trap in the Totoro PJs. And finally, if all three of you get your predictions right after E3, what I have to do is in one sitting... I have to do a streamed full playthrough of Duke Nukem Forever. Oh, wow. man. In one, one sitting? sitting. Oh. In one sitting. Oh, man. Wow. No. Uh, not only like hardest difficulty or anything, but just a full playthrough of that. But these, are, but these are bets we'll know the answers to right now. Like you, no. No, these, no, no, these no, no. are E3 bets. These are E3 bets. And right. so the next episode of Frame Drop will get together. Um, and then if you, for each of you, if you get your bet wrong, you have to do something. Okay. Uh, but let's start with round one, and I'll, I'll tell you your negative consequences in a little bit. Terrified. Give me your... I don't want this to be super long. Okay. Uh, give me your outlandish what you would love to see happen at E3. Your dream E3 announcement. Michael Damiani. At this E3. Um, Revengeance 2. Developed by... Platinum, by Platinum Games. Games. Okay. That's what I thought. Michael Huber. Half-Life 3. Oof. How would you want Half-Life 3 to be announced? <laughs> the G-Man comes out on stage like real life real G-Man? life g-man full-on briefcase everything comes out super ominous and high production value like people are freaked out people are scared comes out and he just stares for a long time like 45 seconds stone face and then finally says Half-Life 3 has arrived. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, it's out now? Like, go to Steam and buy it? No, uh, like, and then he just, like, trailer plays, and then he leaves. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You gotta save it for that trailer, though. Because you gotta, you, that trailer's, if, if that trailer, oh, I've thought about that trailer a lot. Yep. That trailer's gotta be weird. You have to know, have no idea what the hell you're watching until literally cuts to black at the end and just, like, like, remake. <clears throat> like, when that hit. Yeah. It's literally just the orange thing with the three. And it was, yeah. Like, that, <laughs> Like quakes, can you imagine reverberations, man? Yeah, that would be yeah, that would be a ten. I just described the ten right there. <laughs> Brandon Jones, what is your outlandish E three hope? Xbox press conference. Okay, Rare comes out. Goldeneye 
downloadable for free uh, updated bonds. Daniel Craig's in it now. Uh, leaderboards online. That would be sick. Just, they didn't touch a damn thing. It's, just, I, it's the classic Gold Knight, except they added more levels. All the bond, all the new bonds are in it. New characters. All the new, all the new Bond ladies since Gold Knight came out in the nineties. Not, nothing against Hubert and Damiani. Your, your outlandish predictions were great. I right. totally didn't expect this, and it's very detailed. Well, I was going to say Red Dead Three, but then I'm like, wait, that that you know, it's probably going to happen. Not at E3, but sure. it's probably going to happen. Where I was like, I got to think something real crazy. That was very good. Uh, okay, now we're moving on to the somewhat realistic prediction that you think could happen, and there are stakes riding on this. So, Michael Damiani, I want you to let you know if you get this wrong. What you have to do for me. And the way that I've done these consequences is, in my mind, they are making your lives better. So ah. if, you get it, if you get it wrong, I am I'm improving your life with wow. mistake. Win-win. So, Michael yeah. Damiani, uh, something I got really frustrated with you uh, back when you still worked at GT. I couldn't understand it. It drove me insane. You played 14 all the time, and I, I was like... I mean, Shovel Knight is your game. Yeah. Like, it is for you. Why won't you fucking play this? I have it downloaded. Yeah, I know you do. I remember and it's just this. sitting there. I was angry, like, too. Yeah, this is a Michael Damiani game. <sighs> Why? Why? And so what's going to happen is if you get this prediction wrong, I'm going to make you play one hour yes! of Shovel Knight. You I love do, this. You don't have to stream it. I was going to say, I'll just, if I lose, I'll, just, I'll do a stream. I'll okay. make my weekly stream. Yes. You have to play through, at least one hour okay. of Shovel Knight. Okay. It'll probably be two hours. Don't okay, have a cool two. bet because I'm rooting against you, Damiani. <laughs> yeah, okay. I just realized I should probably say the name of consequences after they say the prediction. So we'll fix that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to guess that... So it's an announcement that has to come true. That's realistic, you said. You, it, it can't be something like they're going to announce a new Forza or something like that. Like it, it can't be something so obvious that is absolutely going to happen. Okay, there has to be a little bit of risk there. Okay, so this is this is not for sure. I do not have any inside information about this, but there's just been so many rumors around it. I think this is the time it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to announce Final Fantasy XII HD. All right, this is the kind of no! that's the kind of prediction that I'm going for. <laughs> Don't <laughs> <me>. <laughs> I can't root against that. I want it so bad. Like, they, they did ten. Oh. They did ten. Yeah, yeah. People have been asking about twelve. <laughs> there, there has only been like one rumor that it was coming, but like it might not even be. They might not announce it at E three. There's no guarantee. It might not even exist. Like it could be BS. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, what? I could see that happening. I'm on like, your side. I got. It. I'm, I'm, and I'm nothing we have seen so far from anything we've been to even indicates that that exists. So. I would get worked up at that announcement. D- oh my god. Yeah. That, that I want trailer. It so bad. <laughs> Thank you, Damiani. That was that was exactly what I was looking for. Great one. Great one. Michael Huber, give me your realistic somewhat prediction. The Evil Within 2. Directed by Shinji Mikami. That it gets announced? Is that the extent yeah, of it? Gets it gets announced. Gets okay. Emotions. Yeah. Huber, your uh if you if you fail this bet, what I want you to do, because this is the only way I'm going to get anybody else in this fucking group to play this game, you have to play, and I will lend you my copy of it, you have to play one hour of God Hand. Excellent. Directed by This your, is a perfect bet. Yeah, but directed by your favorite this director, Shinji Mikami. Perfect. I've been, you've, you need to play this game. Yes. This is the gaping, this is the gaping hole in the Mikami... Gamography. It's the like a one gaping, Mika- festering, bleeding yeah. hole. Yeah. Finished 
full completion. Every game he's ever worked on, even PNO3, that trash. Oh, gosh. Not God Hand. Yeah, you gotta play God Hand. Brendan Jones, hit me. Resident Evil 7 announced. Trying to think if that is, is risky enough. And it probably is. I think it's like borderline announced already. Just, it, yeah, it just feels like a downtime. Feels like we're, feels like we're getting that. I don't even know what the hell it's called. Whether we played it. it what was that? Uh, Umbrella Core. Umbrella Core. Is it? What? Are you, are you positive that's what that game is called? Umbrella Core. It's yeah. called Umbrella Core. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't seem like it. Yeah. <laughs> Umbrella. This is not part of your prediction, but I, I want just you to answer this. Okay. Uh, what sort of style do you think Resident Evil 7 will take? Do I think? Not what I, what do I want, do I think? Do you think? You can say what you want afterward, but I want to know what you think will realistically happen. I think they're going to try to go the Force Awakens route and fail. I think, I think the, uh, and by that I mean little bit of old, you know, like maybe Hunnigan will call in at some point, or maybe like... You know, like, they'll have to, like, finish a mission and, like, Leon will, like, rescue them in the helicopter. And they're like, thanks, Leon. But, like... Hunnigan calling is, like, the laziest... I think, you know, yeah. like... But I think... I think they're going to try... Because Six, for me, of what I played of Six, Six kind of seemed like they're throwing in their cards of just, like, the last kind of, you know, uh, enjoyment you can get out of these characters. Like, Five, obviously, was very climactic in some ways. You know, like, yeah. wrapped up some of the stories. And then Six was just like, what if they all met? You know, like, what if we just create, what if Wesker had a kid, and you know, and so, like, I think for Seven, they're like, okay, well, we did that, and fans didn't like that. It's like, well, we didn't like that because you did it wrong, not because that's a bad concept. And so I could see their knee-jerk reaction is just like, here's a bunch of crazy new people you've never met before. I could even see it not being called Seven. It's just like, Resident Evil, oh, man, Nightmare or something, Wesker's I don't know. Um, but clearly, like, a mainline Arty game. I, I could see that. And, and I could see the the well, kind of like Gears. Like when we saw Gears Four, we're like who's this guy? It's kind of like that, like that thing. We're like, who are these weird people that you're putting in your Resident Evil game? Star Ada, Ada's daughter. Seven. What do you What do you want out of a new Resident Evil? Um, I mean, I want. Uh, I, I I definitely don't want to go back. Well, I want a remake too. There you go. I mean, we're, if I if I out of a new game that has Resident Evil in the title, I would uh, I'd love a two remake. That'd be sweet. It's coming. Um. Oh, the, but the fans are making it, right? No, no, no. They're didn't making they? Resident Evil 2 Remake. Oh, but didn't Official. they? Official. Yeah, yeah, but they said that. We haven't seen no, it's, anything. No, it's confirmed. Like 100%, 100%, yeah. 100 happening? 100% happening. Okay. Because I knew they were presenting. Yeah. It is coming. It. Yeah. It is, it is going to be at E3. We are going to see a trailer, and it oh. is going to scratch that oh. itch. Fans have been wanting to scratch what you wish for. it's coming 100 uh I, i've just it's i've coming. seen a lot of i've seen a lot of indie games like state of decay like state of decay is a game that i wish had the money of a capcom like i wish sure. uh had had the the number of people that they could throw at it so that it it looked uh and in some ways performed like a resident evil game yeah. um so I, something like an, an indie zombie game that has really those clever ideas but you know with a triple a developer behind it Brent, I'm, I'm most excited about your stake. Oh, dear what, what God. What happens if... Uh, I, might, I might have to play Battletoads and whatever this turns out to be. Right. Yeah, you, you have gotten uh, slammed with bets. But speaking of the last EZA podcast, on there you said you don't, you don't love anime for, for very particular reasons. I have, an issue, I have one issue with anime. Yeah. One of the issues that I have... I, I believe the way I phrased it is one problem that I have with storytelling that I find sometimes in anime. 
I think is what I said. And then Kyle's response was like, so you hate anime. So you hate anime. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what, in, that's in the lore of EZA, Brandon Jones right. hates anime. Lore of the podcast, at least. So what I'm going to make you do, <laughs> if you get your bet wrong, is you're going to have to watch the first episode. Just the first episode? Okay. You know what, Brandon? Oh, <laughs> yeah. said that. It, it. Just it should be three episodes. It's an hour. It's 20 yeah. minutes, right? The, the first three we episodes. We had an hour, right? You have, to watch, yeah. you have to watch the first three episodes. Three. You're right. Yeah. You're okay. right. Cool. All right. Okay. What's the first three episodes of Neon Genesis Evangelion? <laughs> cool. Thank you for yeah. pronouncing it. I always wondered if it was a Jellion or a Gellion, but it's a, an Evangelion. Okay. That is... Cool. I, I feel like... Oh, no. Wait, in a lot of ways, yeah. Evangelion oh, is no. the, the modern fundamental anime. So okay, there, I was just going to ask. Like, has why? has John oh. seen Cowboy Bebop? Oh, yeah. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Because okay. okay. that's like a lock. I mean, so, not like the whole series, okay. but I, I've watched me a good amount of Cowboy okay. Bebop. I, I thought about this I've seen Robotech. I've seen... Segment a lot. I love Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist is, is the one anime that was not introduced to me from anyone else. I discovered it. I saw the first episode, and I was like, I love this story. And it just got crazy. It's very cool. Um... So I was like, Brandon has probably seen Cowboy Bebop, or at least a little bit of Cowboy sure. Bebop. Because I was going to suggest that because it's the best. Uh, but I was like, he probably thinks Evangelion is lame, and I bet there are things about Evangelion that would probably annoy him, so that would be... And it's, you know, this super influential, a lot of things are inspired by this sort of can, thing. So can I feel... Whether we record this or not, am I free to express my opinions Absolutely. about Evangelion? Please. That's, that's with, what I want. Without without fear of offending you in oh, some way. Oh, you want to? You you can't offend me in anime. It's it's a lawless place. All right. Yeah. No. No. Please. Please. <laughs> no. It's a lawless frontier. Go. Yeah. It is lawless. The anime like. The comments we're going to get from this. Yeah. Go as right, hard in cool. as you want to. That's what I want. How do I get that? Want. Do you have that? The OG I, I have the entire <laughs> collection box great. set of Neon Genesis. I can't wait. Yeah. So we all we all agree to these terms. I think we all want to lose. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want Damiani to win. Okay. But thank you. Thank you <laughs> yeah. for... It just it, sh- it shows what a savage uh, Kyle Bossman is. Oh, yeah. yeah. All the Kyle bets are just... Ruthless. No, I want to. I want to improve your lives. You we're, are. We're differentiating one step frame at a time a little bit. And the other way we're differentiating frame trap is Kyle Bossman likes to lock in the bets, which is a very good, effective system. But this, you know, this frame trap has its own flavor. So what we're gonna do, because this is the extra ramen edition, we're gonna slurp up our noodles. Ah, okay. So on the count of three, I want everybody to, to take their chopsticks, and just do a little slurp, because that's that's how you lock in your bets here. Okay. All right. Three, two, one. <laughs> That game actually went a little bit quicker late. than I was expecting, but that's okay because we spent so much time on the first segment. We are now ready for user emails. <gasps> and we got some good excited. questions in this week. Um, none maybe quite as serious and personal as last week because I feel like you, you can't have those all the time. And so I, I think we've got uh, a good flow. To, to our batch this week. People have been getting better at emails, I gotta say. I'm very impressed. Our first email comes in from Matthew. He says, Howdy from Scotland. Howdy. Howdy. <laughs> I love the way he opens with this. At the risk of sounding full bossman, <laughs> there are a few things in gaming that bother my blood more than when games break their own Ooh. rules. In no way the most egregious, but a recent example is nonetheless Uncharted 4. Mm. The game encourages me to help my brother traverse out of reach ledges by helping him up, but minutes later I can't reach a seven-foot-high ledge without a convoluted crate puzzle. So he asks the panel, and Damiana, I'm going to start with uh, you here. Uh, uh, what are the most uh, heinous examples of games uh, breaking their own rules for you guys? Uh, breaking their own rules. Um, oh, damn it. 
I mean, I... Sorry, something that came to mind because I thought he was going to ask something slightly different. This... It always bothered me about Resident Evil, the old... Like, any of them. Mm-hmm. The fact that there are... They've gotten better about it in Careful. newer games. They've gotten, gotten better about it in newer games. But this is just games. This is video game logic. Okay. It has to do it. Is that they are they are trained Marines. Athletic. Huge. Chris punches a boulder in Resident Evil 5. That's how strong some of these get these these characters are. In RE1, when they're in the mansion, some of these rickety ass wood doors require <laughs> yeah. you to go find some special key to like it's like Well Chris hadn't been training to take out Wesker yet. That's why he gets so huge. Okay. And so, so okay. those locks, so, man. Like you can't kick a dead. I, 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 I can go on really for days good. about like Resident Evil's logic, but it's like we got guns. We're we're, we're trained stars operatives here. Freaking wooden door. <laughs> Boom! Just like knock no, it down or something. Deadbolt? No way! You cannot <laughs> Barry, kick down. Barry would destroy like that door. Barry would be like, Boom! If any, the door. If anything, I thought you were gonna say like, how come when they get bit, they don't turn? Right. Well, I mean, how come when they like, get bit they don't turn? How come when they yeah, get bit they don't turn? <laughs> or, <laughs> I mean, the other thing is like the beginning of the game. How many dogs? I get in the in the, out in the open against wild, rabid zombie dogs. Not a good idea. But once I get to the door and then we try and exit in the game, it says there are yeah. dogs out there. You're now regrouped with all your ammo and guns. Just break the window, shoot the damn dogs like start coming after you, <laughs> and then walk and call and go back home and get reinforced. No, the, dogs, like, the dogs scatter. No, I don't know. I think they all gather right do- there. No, there's lots of dogs, Damian. Damian I don't know. I also, I also it's the door. loses his gun, It's too? the door. It's mostly the, it's mostly the doors because the zombies can break through them and stuff. It's like, if they can break through stuff, why can't these trained dudes break down the doors? <laughs> And the only valid counter argument I've ever heard of that is like it might be booby trap because in the game there's booby trap stuff you got to be careful. And I'm like, you know what? At this I don't point, know. I, I don't know. I don't even think Arnold Schwarzenegger could kick down a dead bolted door. Dude, like some that, of the doors are like old and like like worn out and stuff. Like you've got a gun too. I don't care what, what kind of. <laughs> Unless you got, like, a fancy-ass lock from, like, you know, a bank or something, a vault. Well, we're going to Mythbusters on this one. You gotta get the shotgun pump action. Boom! <laughs> Boom! Door open. Michael Huber, what is, uh, what is a game-breaking thing that really aggravates you? Man, I have When no it idea. breaks its own rules, I guess. I don't know. I can't even think of one. It's a, it's a tough question. It's a tough question. I, I mean, I, I don't have any specific examples, but, like, invisible walls... Just sure. always Classic. get under my skin, you know? So. Brandon Jones, I feel like this is, question was made for you. Um, uh, yeah, it, but it's funny. Uh, specific examples aren't popping up because it, it, it is... I think these are things that you don't necessarily think about. You don't retain that knowledge, but it, man, is it frustrating like, when you bump into that. Mm-hmm. I remember Final Fantasy XI fundamentally reconstructing the way I thought games worked in my brain. Like, there were so many things... Like, I love the joke in uh, the South Park Warcraft episode where he's just like, Give me the sword, Dad! And he's like, Okay! How do, how do I do that? He was like, that was me. I was like, I, can, I couldn't move for an hour. I literally like logged in and I was like, I, and he's like, use the arrows. I'm like, I'm using the arrows. I can't do it. But there was different keyboards. Like it was like, it was like, oh, you have to tell them what keyboard you have. Cause there's like the long keyboard with the mouse pad, but then there's like a, the smaller, like compact laptop keyboard. So my friends were just walking around me and my guys like standing there, but like couldn't jump like, how yeah, how like loot worked when you were like you know like in a party and stuff. It were just a lot of things that uh, 
uh, the thing about MMOs that's interesting is like when when you when I play a game like Uncharted, I I get the vibe like yeah I'm having a good time, but like more than anything, you are tell you are teaching me a story, like you are telling me you know the things that are happening to these characters. Whereas in MMOs, you're creating a world, and then it would always frustrate me when I encounter something where I'm like, well that that doesn't make any sense in a game in a world, you know, like whether this is in reality or in a video game. So um, again, not specific examples, but I just remember that game. Like what about like uh, right. GTA Three, like not being able to swim. Because uh, I mean, I can get well, people well, you, can't you, you swim. Can, you can swim for about four seconds, and then you die. But, oh, yeah, yeah that one's kind of. Um, I can get even if he doesn't can't swim, but like maybe show him drowning. He sure. just kind of like collapses. Uh, like it's uh, yeah. like toxic, poisonous water. It's always funny because Jones mentioned what he talked about. Um, made me think because Ben saw this last night. You beat in like in like an MMO like fourteen. You beat giant ass hulking dude. Like you're super powerful. Like you're like the hero of the game. Early on, you beat, like, Bahamut, the giant-ass dragon Bahamut. You kill him, and then, next patch, tiny little goblin dude, you wipe to him for weeks. Right. Like, it's well, like, you're no, so think... super powerful, I'm like, little dude, like, is more deadly than Bahamut. Vegeta, man, yeah. stronger than Nappa, like, what's like, up? Yeah, I'll give you, like power yeah. levels are I'll give you, I'll give you a great one, and this one comes up a lot. This is one, this is, like, one of my invisible walls, is, I, I don't at all believe, like, one of, uh, I'll give them a break because the game's been around for so for eleven years. But like Goldshire is a farm; it's not a town. Like no one lives in Goldshire. Like there's a bar there. It's like for who the guy that lives over there? There's another building, and that's it. And this is a town. Like come on, you know. So uh, that I always find a struggle with because I I really want to get absorbed in a world. I really want to believe the world when I'm in a game. And uh, it, it frustrates me when yeah when I'm like walking around when I'm playing Assassin's Creed. And everyone's just like, hey. And I'm like, what do you mean, hey? I look like a murderer. Like, I clearly, no one in this city looks like I do. Like, yeah. no one that I encounter in this entire game looks as fancy, changes their clothes as often. It's clearly suspect more than me. And yet no one thinks of that. You know? My favorite thing is in <laughs> The Witcher when you walk by people and they just spit on no, the floor. It, Witcher's great. Look, <coughs> Witcher, Witcher combats that. Yeah. Witcher you actually <laughs> feel. Like when I got to uh, where the, the Scots are from. But I can't remember the name. Yeah. What was the? yeah <laughs> like what did what did blood yell yeah um it was great because they were nice to me i was mm-hmm. like oh i actually i'm actually witches are respected here that's great yeah. and so yeah penny arcade did a great comic back in the day of this guy and he's like bring me that book and the guy's like it's right here and like you're asking me to grab this thing just the 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 unrealistic expectations of what space is somebody being like oh rumor has it in that cave there's a thing and it's like you live here it took me 30 seconds to walk to that cave in the 30 years you've been walking around this planet you never just wandered over there to see what was going on like you know like that bugs me a lot it's like wow you went into that castle it's like it's the only other building for five miles someone should you know you should probably <laughs> stealth mechanics is a big one sorry to keep staying on this question <laughs> no you're done i'm cutting you off sorry <laughs> no, no, no but like no, my no, number just one in general that is my number one hated thing in video games actually it is unnecessary stealth mechanic. No, it is when there is an enemy. <laughs> okay, there's like, a yeah. performance. There, there's, there's an a, enemy standing uh, right here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kneeled down, like yeah. crouched with a knife. That's a good one. Right here, and and then he just he'll turn and like walk the other way. Like so the co- like like cones are good. Like cones yeah. were a smart thing for somebody to create for us to know. But like when when it, you live and die by the cone, when literally it's yeah, just yeah. like out of that cone, right on that side. But. Something that I encountered recently that, that I got really frustrated at, and it's, it's a super helpful thing, but it drove me nuts because I just went through that rabbit hole of like, wait, why is this happening? Is when you're, you're 
you're going around and it's usually like in RPGs, like open in RPGs, and you talk to a character and they tell you about a place and they're like, oh, let me mark that on your map. And you're like, what? How do you know I have a map? Do you have like a pen in your pocket and you know exactly where to point through and circle it and put a big giant X? It, it happens all the time. And they're like, yeah, look, let me mark that for you. Just at the end of this like really dramatic speech, they're like, oh yeah, go here. I don't know why. Fuck me. Uh... I hate to interrupt the flow of the podcast, but I'm just getting worried. Do we have enough time in the card? How are we doing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. We had, we had, yeah, we had two okay. full hours. So cool. don't go over two. All right. Uh, James, our next email is from James, and he says, Hey, guys, here is a question. Uh, it's long, so I'm going to uh, cut out a little bit of it. With the popularity of digital media becoming a fast-growing standard in almost every industry, do you not feel that we are sacrificing longevity at the expense of convenience? Uh my point is that these titles we purchase digitally, we only own for as long as these companies allow us to. Um, and so basically, how do you feel about the increasing trend of, of people pushing digital ownership and do you think that's a, that's a good thing overall? Yeah. I'm old school, I like a hard... Pres- hard preservation is a, yeah, a major concern there. And I, when I think about preservation, I always think about the past, but I never think about like what we're doing now and how will that be perceived. Um, yeah, and I feel bad for the kind of the, the smaller developers that don't necessarily, you know, they're like, I, I have to rely on Sony to, you know, to do whatever they're going to do with my game because if the PS, you know, if Sony goes away and they stop making consoles, like, I don't have the money, I don't have the capital to, like, I, get this up on Steam or to host it on my own. Service. I always think of Martin Scorsese, and it's like, film has been around for over 100 years, and he is, like, one of the biggest film preservers out mm-hmm. there, and he tries to preserve all these old films, and... I'm wondering, you know, games haven't been around that long. I'm wondering if in, like, 50 years, how rare some of these games are going to be. And it's like, if you can't buy it digitally, then, you know, those hard copies, like... Do you think... It'll be hard to find. With... Like, even now, like, some Dreamcast games and older sure. titles are just right. so hard to find. Do you think with, uh, like, XBLA and PSN, like, those are those infrastructures are so big. People have invested so much time and money and committed so hard to them that if... Sony were ever come out and say like, uh, you don't have access to your PS3 games, or like, Microsoft was like, yeah, you can't get any of those XPLA games anymore. That the pushback would be so hard that maybe they're thinking of, of ways to kind of keep that around and, and keep that intact. I mean, yeah, I, I, I would hope so. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we've seen even like retro games be delisted. Without either warning or explanation on all the platforms, not like even on Nintendo, like the Donkey Kong Country games vanished for a bit. You know, right. games have been delisted from from PSN and, and XBLA, and I, I'm not Sometimes sure. Sometimes that's licensing issues. Yeah, they can't do yeah, I, I, I didn't want to yeah. get too much into depth. Like, yeah, yeah obviously it's licensed, but like the thing is, if you have a physical copy of that. They can't do crap. They can't come recall your game and be like, bring it back to us. Like, nope, I bought it take you know have a nice day and as long as your console works you can still play the game so there's i do see a positive and negative to the the digital solution the negative obviously is especially with strictly online experience games like an mmo or something that lives online not only it's someday they're going to pull the plug on that and you don't know if fans can legally carry the torch with private servers like look what happened with the vanilla server that blizzard had to shut down to protect its interests because if you don't do it, you, it was a whole thing like if you don't enforce your trademark, you lose it in the U.S. A whole other subject. 
but there is no legitimate way to go back and experience the older versions. Like, I can't go play Final Fantasy XIV 1.0 just to show people how bad it is other than point to a video of it. Like, you can't go back and experience Like, was it really that bad? Like, I want to go back and try it again now that I've... You can't do that. Yeah. There's no way to do that. And it kind of sucks sometimes when it's like, that's the reality. Um, and when a game gets delisted for license, licensing issues or whatever, it, it's like, you can't get that game anymore. Like, think of PT. It's like, hey, cool thing. Uh, they got completely rid of it. You can't do anything about it unless you somehow saved it. But the positive part of it is, you were talking about Dreamcast. Mm -hmm. Some games are so damn expensive now that you can't get the real copy of them, uh -huh. the physical ones. Re-releasing it digitally does let a new group of people experience it. Like Suikoden Two yeah. was a great one that Nami put on there. Like, Here you go for So I would, I want, I would like both to exist somehow because it eases the supply and demand. Like retro games should not. They should make it easier going forward that games should never be too expensive mm -hmm. because time... They should be cheaper as time goes on. We need to get away from that collector mentality that this rare copy of this is the only way to get it. But at the same time, there should always be a physical counterpart that I don't have to worry... If you did pay for that, I don't have to worry about it vanishing, you know. But to expect it to last for... Like, some people have this unrealistic expectation time. Like, they don't understand, like, you're human. You're only going to live so long. Like, game... It's not gonna, nothing's gonna last forever. So it's like, you and your physical copy, are like, this should last me for like a hundred years. Something's like, you're probably gonna be dead by then. And, and it's like, like, how long is long enough for you to have a game where you, you experience enough that you, it's, you think it's fair? That, that's like a weird, ambiguous thing. So I don't think that part's been determined yet, but I do want there to always be a physical counterpart to digital. I, I think there should be both. I wonder if you could do... I wonder if Sony would make any money on this or if this would be, like, logistical at all. But if you could do, like... Because from the way I understand it, like, you know, these things are so valuable because they only made so, you know, so many of them at once and then, like, now they're physically all gone. And so, yeah, like, Panzer Dragoon, like, the, you know, uh, uh, was it Orta or what was the RPG? Uh, saga. That's like, yeah, Panzer Dragoon Saga. That's just, like, you know, stupid. I think that was the most expensive game I ever bought at Game Trailers for a feature. Because I also wanted to play it. I was a big Panzer Dragoon fan. And it's a darn good game. But... I wonder if you could do like like a fan print. You know, it's like we literally have to go, like we're going to build a service. Uh, we're going to have a factory somewhere that only makes these things. And if it's going to cost you like 200 bucks for some old game, but we will reprint it on a disc for you. And it'll come in like a special, kind of like Greatest Hits. You know, it'll come in like a special case that'll have the old retro like box art on it. And it's like uh, you're paying a premium for it because you because we gotta go we gotta ship this thing it's materials it's everything that we would never you know it's gonna cost us two hundred dollars per unit if we were to print these you know in uh, mass and we would only sell two of them you know so there's no point in doing that but if you could do like a special order I wonder if those crazy collectors would come out of the woodwork that and support Sony in that way and be cool. like you know what I never had a physical copy of Crash Three yeah I'll go get it there fun. there is kind of somewhat of a precedent for that it's not it's not a reprinting necessarily but. Like uh, Hyperlake Drifter, they, they're doing this special thing where they're they're putting that game on a SNES card. Mm. And it's the, awesome, yeah. The the Halo Twenty Six Hundred, they put that on a Twenty Six Hundred card, and so like you could definitely do it. And I I do think that would be really cool. There are some games that that I would use a reprinting feature I, for. Yeah, I don't I don't know about. So you meant uh, the official the the company that owns the rights to it yes. would be the one. Yeah, that, yeah, I mean, yeah, you yeah. said fan prints. So I was like, I don't know about fans being able. No, to No, like, I, I, by fan I mean like. Yeah. The only reason I'm printing yeah. this is because one person requested it, it. and bought it, and I'm saying the it only to that thing one would guy. be is like the and even the examples Ben just gave. They already got their money right. through pre-orders, so they can they know the cost. 
I don't think that's feasible because they need to know how much to manufacture because how manufacturing costs are making the market like the right. print materials it needs to be done in batch even if it's a small amount they have to buy a certain inventory um very few places get away with the the you know pay per order like t you think t-shirts mugs like things that are really cheap to make you can get away with it because they're common materials like right there's always going to be t-shirts around so a business can order a bunch of them and print on there as they need but Actually, printing a game on a specialized proprietary disc or a cartridge or something, that costs a little bit more. And I think to cover the cost, they would – a Kickstarter would be perfect for this. Like if a company's like, hey, do you want to get you know the physical copy of X game from back in the day? We hit this Kickstarter. Everyone who pledged this amount you know, will get – will reprint it and stuff. So – I can see that. Mo- or maybe, the yeah, maybe not even yeah. a quote unquote Kickstarter. But you set up your own, you know, financial service, and it's like if enough people order this thing, and you can yeah. drum up support around it, exactly. Then cool. uh, yeah, we'll do a limited reprint for those people exactly. Our next question, good question, uh, comes from Gerard, uh, and he has a lot here, uh, but unfortunately, we're getting to that point where I just kind of have to to get to the question. You have seven minutes left in this episode. Yeah. He says, my question is, seeing as your lives pretty much orbit around video games, did something personal or work-related prevent you from loving a game you would, you knew you would otherwise be all over? So did something happen in your life that, that colored your experience with a game in a negative way? Hmm. Nothing's coming to mind. Sorry to have a yeah, totally boring answer to that question. I don't think so. In a negative that's, way. That's... That's good then. That yeah, it's, you, you, it's almost always the opposite where I'll meet someone and they'll introduce me to something that I never knew and then I liked it. Um, what about doing yeah. like a retro or a guide, man? I know you did a lot of guides. Yeah, so I have I have an intense hatred for... This is very well done, Hubert. I, had an, I have an intense <laughs> hatred for Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance. <laughs> like, and I, I really like Kingdom Hearts, but I hate that game. And I don't know if I hate it because it's not that good and Kingdom Hearts fans are crazy or... Because I wrote a guide for that, and like I remember having to plot out every location for every single treasure chest and things like that. Oh, I've got one too. Yeah. Uh, for the Tomb Raider retro, the interns, uh, myself and George and Plessis, Angel yeah. Darkness, had to yeah had to capture all the Tomb Raiders, and I had dabbled with the Tomb Raiders. I was never against them. I was like, oh, they're they're cool. Um, but oh my God, those games. To me, do not hold up. Like yeah, Lord, some of the later ones, anything past you two are a is like tank. Like Resident Evil tank controls, like that always blows my mind because I yeah. feel like the the controls in Resident Evil are fine. They work really well. Maybe I've just played it too many times, but I could not jump any gaps in Tomb Raider. I got so frustrated. It was so hard. Uh, I unfortunately got uh, played a couple RTS games early in my life that did not. I was not a fan of Fog of War. I was not a fan of like it was, that was a tough uh, genre for me to learn. Mm-hmm. And now I'm 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 way back into it. Like I really really love uh, Starcraft. I have to play uh, the um, the last chapter. But uh, um, so I think that. I, I unfortunately played the wrong type of games for my taste early on, and then right. that and then that prohibited me from jumping back in when I should have. Sure, I, I missed out on a lot of good games. Uh, this is not the greatest way to do this, but you said we had seven minutes left. We now have five. We now have five. Okay, well we do have a lot more emails. Unfortunately, I think we're gonna we're gonna it's have a big to one. cut them a little it's bit. A thick short. episode. Uh, At least he's got to eat. There's a lot of good stuff. At least it has to eat with Damiano. They must die and they must feast. But, uh, yeah, thank you so much to the panel. You guys were very uh, detailed and enthusiastic. and it was, uh, it was a good panel. It was, uh, 
we had fun, and I really think the bets turned out well. So hopefully, so it's got to be this this group again after E3 because we got to re- reconcile the bets. Sure. So this will be part one of the Super Otake, and then we'll have part everybody two down after E3. Frame trap after E3. Yeah. Pumped. Uh, as always, if you want to find more of us, you can go to places like. Patreon.com slash EasyAllies, Twitch.tv slash EasyAllies, where we stream at least every weekday, sometimes more, sometimes on the weekends. Um, and yeah, YouTube.com slash EasyAllies and YouTube.com slash EasyAlliesPlays. We'll have uh, all of our Twitch archives up there. Uh, the thing I want to say, I'm finally, I think I'm saying it after four episodes. <laughs> if you want to email us, if you want your question to potentially get in, please email AskEasyAllies at gmail.com. Once again, that is AskEasyAllies at gmail.com. Thank you all once again, and we'll see you on the next 